Did you say something, babe? Did you just call me babe? A hundred percent. What's up, sexy? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Um, yeah, I thought I, I, I don't know. So I put the headphones on and then I <laughs> talked back and forth. My wife, not realizing that she has a microphone that she can hear what I say, but I can't hear what she says because I have headphones <laughs> on. She doesn't have a microphone. So I got cock one ear and then I yell into the mic like an idiot. Like she, because she's in a, but she can hear. So I don't know. Right. If you yell, yeah. she's so, going to be able to hear it. <laughs> so yeah, babe, how you doing? I'm doing good, babe. How are you? Fucking fantastic. I get to talk with my friend, Jason Ackerman. And uh, <laughs> that isn't an everyday occurrence for me. And, no. You know, that is awesome. But let me, let me take a little bit of time to explain the podcast to you and then to myself, I guess. And also at the same time to any listeners, because I guess, um, Maybe somebody, if I have any listeners, they already know probably, but let's explain the podcast. This is a window into my life because I fucking hate Facebook and Instagram and I don't know why. Okay, good. So like just posting up, it seems like I owe more and it's too much access sometimes. Right. But I have a very interesting life. I meet people like yourself. I, I know, you know, and, and I want other, and other people are interested to see that. But I don't know. Fuck putting it on my Instagram. I don't know why that bothers me, but it does. This gets me more in depth. Um, it less. What is it? Less topical. You know, I mean, I don't like people to know me topically. Right. right? I, I want them to, to get a deep dive. And we don't get to do that on Instagram where everything is is some kind of fake. This is the version of me that I want you to know. I'd rather let people know the dirt, the dark, dirty version. So actually, we're also subscription based um, and people that get in on the ground floor right now will always be in at only I don't know what the lowest price I could possibly make. It was it's a five dollar monthly value, but right now everybody can get in and I guess it gets grandfathered. There's problems with it. They explained to me, but I was like, I want to run. I want to run a special. I want to let people in now for cheap because they've already been listening, you know. Why ruin yeah. and dilute that product? But today I brought you here because because you're awesome, Jason. Well, you're awesome too, and I got to tell you, dude, never realized it before. You've got an amazing radio voice. Hey, thanks. I work on it. Not true, but I'm trying right now. I'm doing my best <laughs> ASMR right now. <laughs> you do yourself, so that's the the real reason I had you. I know. Um, I'm excited about the life change because I've known you as a tattoo artist. We've traveled together. You were always up in this echelon, this running, this, this, um, I, I envisioned you as, is one of those with like integrity, right. And skill and a drive and pushing for something. I don't know that you ever achieved it or that you ever knew what it was, but you were, I felt like you were pushing for something inside of tattooing. That, that made you achieve a higher level of tattoo as opposed to many of us that might've been doing a mediocrity, you know? Yeah. You know, looking back on it, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't even know what it was I was, I was looking for. So I'm not even sure I ever achieved anything. At least you were looking. I, I think I saw you <laughs> look at, am I, do you think, is that a, is that an apt uh, description or not? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it is like, I'm a, so my motivation in the tattoo world was my uh, my mentor, uh, one of my mentors. Who is this? Uh, Leah Vendetta. Oh, she, wow. was, she was on season one of Ink Masters. Mm -hmm. Lovely woman. 
Um, but are you still talk with her? We do not speak any longer. Damn it. Uh, Ricky Rackman and her at last I knew were dating. Yeah. 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 I think they got For married. A throwback. Oh, good. For a throwback event, I, I'm hoping they're doing well. That's why I was asking. It, it did it part uh, acrimoniously or something? So it, the, when it initially parted, it was horrible. And then she ended up coming to work for me because I was oh. taught old school. So like I was taught in Boca Raton, Florida, had a tattoo. When I left the shop, I went uh, a bit north, opened my own shop. And then when they sold their shop that I learned at, I was like, all right, well, now I'm going to go back to my my hometown and tattoo there. And then they ended up, her and her husband ended up coming to work for me. But uh, eating crow or, I, I mean, yeah. it's kind of reversal. For me, it right? was wonderful because while I was working for them, they they held me down. And her husband ended up admitting it to me years later. Uh, but really? there was... A, yeah, there was a day that I showed her, showed Leah Jimmy Litwalk's work, mm -hmm. and I was like, "That's what I want to do. That guy is amazing." And she's she literally said this to me: "You'll never be anything more than a flash artist, so just be happy with that." And at that moment, <laughs> I, literally at that moment, I made the decision that I was going to dwarf her career in every single way I possibly could, and that was my motivation all the way through tattooing. Wow. It, it, it's so to me that's hilarious uh <laughs> for so many reasons um and not nothing against leah actually i know her to be a rather lovely person oh, she's, she's amazing thought yeah. very highly okay but um but moreover how those those things grow inside of us like like most of many of the artists that i run to were told no more often than they were told yes right yeah. and and those ones oftentimes achieve something higher and obviously you set out to do just that do you do you feel that you did eclipse her career then uh i think in certain ways i did but i mean at the time it was important to me looking back at it now it's i it doesn't even matter uh right. the what drive became more important because yeah, it was going to propel she, you to a level higher than you were going to achieve without it yeah and i i'm i'm incredibly grateful that she said that to me because that's what lit the fire under my ass to actually start drawing and trying to better myself as an as an artist had she do you not think she that, did that at all on purpose i like wish i like, could ask her mm -hmm. i wish i could but I, I i knowing leah i think part like in part yes okay yeah because on one level um i've seen it at least like a shogun master right like 10 people show up monday at the at the shaolin temple and they they want to learn how to do you know the kung fu and the guy comes out and he says you're too stupid you're too ugly you're too short you're too young you're too fucking all of you you're just trash go away and he comes in the next day and there's only four of them right right and he says oh my god you're you're still here look at that proves how dumb you are you're fucking too stupid you need to go away you you're too ugly still that didn't change big surprise and you're short as fuck you didn't grow overnight okay bye eventually he lets him in and he hasn't cleaning the toilet right but this was their long i think the same uh that at points in my life i used to tell so many people with like big wide eyes like oh my god is that your artwork and i'm thinking oh my god they got a lot to do you know but for, oh how exciting um cool is this what you want to do you want you can do it you can reach for the stars yay dream disney channel all kinds of shit yeah and i never really see him again and then not so long ago, I'm tattooing 
one of my uh, a guy that used to work for me has his own shop and i'm doing a cover up on his stomach i go in there he's got an artist working for him the artist says hey i want to show you my portfolio kyle it's a long time huh? i'm like yeah i barely remember you but cool yeah I'll look through it hey, nice work it's fair you know it's not it's not great but it's not bad right yeah. matter of fact he was uh, it ruins the story when I explain he was about to be fired the next day, actually, for poor work. But <laughs> let's imagine I didn't tell that part. We'll have Candy cut that out. So <laughs> he then says, yeah, not bad, huh? I'm like, yeah, no, I'm really cool, really impressive. And he says, yeah, uh, you told me to cut or to sell my machines, cut my fingers off when I came in for a job like five years ago. And I was like, oh, wow, awesome. Then you came in at a certain time in my life where I gave up trying to help people yeah by my nice words and i decided to instead say truth in the meanest way i could to try and light a fire underneath your ass to then be something and it seems like it's worked this is the first day i've ever been seen like i was just willing to be a dick for so many times you know because i had seen that being nice never helped people would sit there and be like okay cool and then they would be happy like they didn't have anything to achieve so they would go on to other pastures they wouldn't be tattooers but this guy he was like fuck you kyle i can't wait to prove you wrong because he came in but when i talked to him i was like well where was your portfolio when i saw you five years ago was it like this no no man it was a lot of you know actually i was doing a lot of meth at the time i was living in a trailer park and i was like uh did you take pictures like this he's like i i had a throwaway camera i was like did you give me that excuse you know and i was like yeah yeah <laughs> i'm like yeah <laughs> all reasons i would have told you sell your, cut machines, your damn fingers off cut your fingers <laughs> off. Like, yeah yeah um so anyways i wonder at that point too maybe that and you obviously wonder it you would like to know i'm gonna have to have leon so i can ask her myself yeah is there is there no repair to the relationship um i i don't think on my end i don't i don't i don't have any uh any ill will towards her and i'm not sure she has it towards me just after her husband uh died we literally we like just lost touch we saw each other once and it was kind of it felt a little awkward uh yeah. but i mean i love her i mean i'm, I'm eternally grateful for her, to her like i'm i'm where i'm at in life because of of her literally awesome awesome so and where you're at in life is really another reason we had john because you took a great big life change. I did. You were a tattoo artist struggling every day of sorts. What for some I thought you were working in New York with um world famous, if I, I was mistaken. Yeah. Great, great shop, great company away. to be in. You were running the shop. Yeah. That makes sense. Because you got that mind. But then um you're in Florida now, or you were in Florida at one point tattooing too at the end of your tattoo career. No, and, the start of my tattoo career was in Florida, then Eight okay, I thought you ago. went back home. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm back. I'm back now. Yeah, like uh, eight. But years you're ago, doing. I need to get to it. I guess you're doing murals. God damn it, you're fucking painting shit, right? You're changing yeah. the world in in more than a one off setting on one human being that he goes out and talks to people, and that's a big thing because he goes out and talks to a lot of people, maybe, and your artwork scene. But now you're doing the place where thousands and thousands of people will be eating. Is that what it is? Correct. <laughs> yeah and you're doing artwork that is tattoo inspired or your tattoo inspired yeah it definitely has a new school feel to it i guess i haven't seen too much of it um i remember all the new school stuff that you were doing back then and i figured that's what you did tell us though how it even comes out up that you decide to quit tattooing and follow this pursuit and uh 
I understand there's a bit of like just luck, right? Just sheer dumb luck. Yeah. Uh, so I, I moved to, moved to New York, started running the shop for Lou. Um, and then loved New York. And I, I, I moved to New York for the form art because I had become where I was living in, in Florida. I'd become a very small, like a big fish in a very, very, very small pond in the art okay. world. So I was like, I'm doing it here. I'm going to make it in New York and I'm going to be a millionaire and this is going to be great. So the whole big I, apple thing then, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. If you can so, make it there. Yeah. You can make it anywhere. I made it eight years. That's, that's <laughs> okay. Fine. Well, you can do eight years anywhere then. <laughs> uh, but so I, I, I went there and I was tattooing and, and running the shop at the same time. And you've been to Soho. It was a massive shop. Like we had 11 tattoo artists, two piercers, four floor staff, two supply guys. Like it was a lot, but then right before. Yeah. And really my experience is it can really slow you down for your own growth as an artist. It did completely because I had very little time to tattoo, Mm -hmm. but it gave me more time to focus on painting also. Like it just, because I didn't have that, the outlet of art through tattooing, it just made me push even harder with painting. Oh God. Uh, Are you one of those disgusting motherfuckers that like, I have to art. Uh, yeah. 24 <laughs> seven. Good on you. <laughs> I, I'm not, I have to, I have to kill people on call of duty. I've been fortunate enough to find this, this whole addiction that has no, uh, no value whatsoever. And I can mindlessly just sit there and do that all day. But you, uh, why are we not playing together? You, you really, do you play? Yeah. Me, Jimmy purge. We, with the three of us play together. Okay, because here's the thing. I, I kind of cheat. I'm not good enough to play on real platforms. I play on a phone. Yeah, I don't know if that's cheating. <laughs> I think that's harder. Well, they say that, but then I play on my on my really expensive art tablet. Oh, that's fucking smart. So I'm playing against children who are playing <laughs> on their phone um because you know it's like just a, a, a second time thing and i'm making it my first goal like no this is so yeah i'm completely op the only people that really beat me are the ones that are actually this this is a thing they play on a computer emulating a phone you've seen um so that they have a better ping right like no ping because they have a hard wire and so it's like they see everybody sitting still oh that's cheating that's cheating makes you a little mad good for them (laughs) it makes you a little mad and at the same time you it it it, if you get angry it only forces a light on the cheating that that i'm doing so like right yeah i just get over it real quick like oh there's there's a guy with a computer in the lobby i can tell (laughs) oh well we'll see it now on playstation because i play on playstation Mm -hmm. it has the icons so you could see what people are on like so i know when somebody's playing on a computer i can see when people are on phones I can see when people are on Xbox. Well, that drove me off because there was a lot of cross-platform and a lot of the the PCs were really OP. Oh yeah, they're nuts. Like like and and I don't know. I seen a guy snipe, uh, quick scope snipe a guy out of the driver's seat of a Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> I think he even did it like three sixty or something. You're like, no, I don't even want to believe this. And and. I don't know, it, it did honestly drive me off it 
Um, but more importantly, I think was that I am completely off topic and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which the title of the podcast straight to point, completely off topic. So we're not doing bad. Good. But, uh, let, let's get back at let, let's get back at your stagnating art career as you decided to become to learn to be a manager. Smart choice, bro. Um, Ugh, I hated it. And then how it led though to this because you're not I, when I say you're doing like delicatessens and eateries, I'm not really explaining it right, am I? Because no, you are being flown all across the country. The world. Did I say the country. I'm sorry. Yes, I meant the universe. <laughs> yeah, you're going. <laughs> your first one. You're, you're going to do the Elon Musk Mars one when it eventually comes up, right? Um, yeah, that's you're, a contract. You're doing Abu Dhabi. Uh, Dubai. This is real. Dubai. Dubai? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah two you're in going Dubai. Two in Dubai. It, one in Vegas, which just sure. seems to make sense, right? Yeah. Um, and all across the world, you're going out and spreading. And this isn't just like, hey, we would like this image we found in a Google search. We had a team put together that makes that greenwashes our product and makes people love, you know, the monosodium sodium glutamate. We're feeding them, whatever. They didn't do that. They said, we want your art. Right. Yeah. I Yeah. And that's where the luck comes in. But let me, dig let me digress for just one moment. So with mm -hmm. with running the shop, not having time to tattoo, when, uh, I, I had become friends with Post Malone's publicist. That seems uh, big. Yeah, and that was all because of Soho Inc. Like, they had called to do a photo shoot with one of their artists there, and I was like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Republic Records. So okay, so you did a shoot with Post Malone? No, so I did a shoot with Nikki Jams. Okay, no idea who that is. It's a huge reggaeton artist, okay. uh, really big in the Latin world. But long story short, I've ended up I ended up doing three paintings for Post Malone, which spiraled into doing all of the who's who in the hip hop world. They all have my art hanging in their house, which is amazing. Because Post Malone goes around like a butterfly inside of this community, and everybody sees this artwork, and they're like, "I would like that." Yeah, exactly, exactly. Did you do I the Kanye Posty. West one? I, I did not, no. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do one for him. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I thought I seen like that he had like himself as a cherub or something like that uh, flying in some clouds. I could be wrong. Yeah, that's great, though. It would be perfect. <laughs> Too cute. But you, you so you, you end up meeting these people then, too, I got to figure. Yeah, most of them I did, yeah. Some What's of the experience there like? You know, I never get starstruck. There, there, there's only one person I ever got starstruck for, and that was Keanu Reeves. Everybody else, I don't really care what you do, who you are. Right. Like, you, you, like, you met Keanu Reeves? John I, yeah, Wick himself? I did, in New York City, walking around. Like, he's a normal dude, but I'm a huge uh, Matrix fan, so, like, when I, when I saw him, all I could say was Neo, and he was just <laughs> like, yeah, hey, and then kept walking. I was like, yeah, of course he would. You said the worst <laughs> thing to him, am I wrong? <laughs> You <laughs> like you. You basically said, "I'm one-dimensional." <laughs> Completely. Yeah. Oh my God! It's nice to meet you. I'm one-dimensional. <laughs> Are you a human? Oh my God! You're a human. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go eat the red pill. Most of them, but most of them are really, really cool. I imagine Keanu that, would be too. Hmm? Yeah. The only yeah. one what that I hated doing anything for was Mariah Carey. You did work for Mariah Carey. I did, yeah. And I, I did need a, you do a do a little who's who. <laughs> <laughs> so well, what had, do you do for a Mariah Carey? 
I did a, 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 a one of her album covers where she's like in boy shorts with a rainbow going over her ass oh. and a big lollipop. I, I repainted that for her. But this is where I, my art world changed and I learned a valuable lesson. I bet you did. Uh-huh. Same. Mm-hmm. Go I on. I did. So I, I feel like I, I almost, I, I'm not going to spoiler it, but I feel like this mirror is what we go through with tattoos and giving the reins over to somebody and finding out that everything goes to hell when 1, they take 000%. my talent. Yep. Okay. So, okay. so I designed this whole thing and the, the, my process is I'll show you a sketch. Mm-hmm. You approve the sketch. I paint it. Well, the, her management team wanted updates so she could look at it. So I would have to send like updates every week. Now of I have the sketch or of the, of the actual painting of the actual painting. Right. This is so I, I had 50 hours into this painting. I sent it over and they were like, she thinks the ass is too big. Mariah Carey has a huge ass. She has a huge ass, <laughs> but the ass was too big. Well, so was it, read- <laughs> but I mean, now that's a thing that would be that she would probably look back on and be like, Oh, I wish I let him do the big ass. Yeah, because now she has a little boy's ass. Oh, she had it worked on or something. No, 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 no. In the painting, I had to redo the entire painting. And it, because shrinking down the ass changed all the proportions of everything. So I had to shrink down the ass and had to start the painting all over again. So I may, at that, at that, after that, I no longer show anybody in progress. You approve the sketch, you don't see it until it's finished. I even turned down work for Kevin Hart. Because his management team, they, he's got something going on with headphones and they wanted me to make him his Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, we need weekly updates on the art. And I was like, no, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Yeah, if you want to do this, then you have to. And I was like, well, then I'm not the guy for you. Way to be Jason Ackerman. Way to yeah. be the reason the reason this podcast exists. Because people need to <laughs> hear and know about people like yourself, too, honestly. Um, oh, I appreciate not, that. not everything's for sale. No, and no, you're no. you're absolutely there is a tattoo artist listening at home right now that can take something from this because this mirrors our industry. If we give the reins to a client, they will turn that tattoo into shit. And too many times I have decided that the price was worth it. And and you now I begin to know certain phrases, right? They say say certain things or certain mannerisms. One of them is wanting continual updates. One of them is just wanting to see. Oh, I just want to see how that was going. Ooh, yeah, we're 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 three months out. Red flag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I ain't started sketching it yet. Okay, man. I just just wanted to. Mm. And, and another is demanding certain things, right? Like it has to have this one, two, three, and five. Four to five. It needs all five of these things. And uh, that is something I definitely do not miss about the tattoo world is where everybody wants to fit 10 pounds of shit into a five pound bag and you got to figure out how to do it i don't miss that well pretty much you don't do it right i think the the answer that i see from the most successful tattooers is like don't do that no and if that person has to do that then maybe have some integrity like jason does and tell fucking kevin hart to kick rocks well i used to do that in the tattoo world so I, i used to have a nickname of being the tattoo bully because <laughs> clients would come in with their ideas, but when they left, it was totally my idea, but it they thought it was theirs. Like I just forced people to do what I want. So I, because I know it's going to Well, that isn't that. a bully though. 
I know, but the right. people used to call me a bully. I laughed at it. Oh, because they didn't like it because it was it was successful. Yeah, I'm, I'm a sweetheart. <laughs> but you made it their idea. Yeah, I'm good at well, that. That is that is the key to everything. I I hear this now, and I'm trying it, and it's working somewhat. I'm still not good at it because I am a great person for making you strident in whatever perception you previously had. I just make it stronger, even if my argument is that you're wrong, and I might show evidence and proof there's something about the way i do it that's like galileo that ends up with me being imprisoned by the pope like yeah sure the world's <laughs> round but you're dying of syphilis alone how's that sound you know <laughs> some of these things are just phrases where um i, I noticed that some politicians do them really well they'll say things like you already know this you know this you're smart enough to know this and all of a sudden that's your idea whatever comes next now that's what you think. And you're of smart course. because of it. <clears throat> and to be honest, from a third person perspective, you're actually a fucking retard because of it. But, you know, for, for not protesting immediately when you hear someone be like, well, you're smart. You know this. You didn't even say it yet, sir. How do <laughs> how does yeah. it get this preamble of, of point, my, my loftiness? Off and I, at that point, my brain shuts off. I no longer listen to what's coming out of your mouth. So how did, but this must've been some of the things that you were doing yourself. You must've been saying things like, uh, are you open to a new perspective? <laughs> well, I use that now a lot. Okay. But be before I was just very, very blunt with it. Just like, are you oh able? yeah, this is, this is what you were saying. Like, boom, this is perfect. Look at this. This is going to be amazing. Everybody's going to love this. And, and then just like, cherry picking out the pieces of the things that they said that might somehow explain a piece but you're like that is definitely not what they said but <laughs> remember how you were like i love this guy and so i was like yeah we're gonna have this face is blue the whole face is blue <laughs> love the sky <laughs> sky is blue so i knew it's that funny. that's what you really meant yeah. yeah that is that is what i meant isn't it yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> okay i i see but now now today then you have kind of changed you softened then i have yeah I, i've 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 had how much experiences in life that have uh, that have changed my whole outlook and perspective on things. How has that gone then? I mean, were you was that what you were using when you're dealing with Post Malone's illustrious friends? No, you know, through through just about all of them, I was very fortunate that they had seen stuff that I did for that I've done for him, and mm -hmm. they were just like, like I want to like Little Yachty was like. I want to be Iron Man. So I literally just made him Iron Man and he loved it. It was, they just let me did do my thing. And mm -hmm. that was it. Like Mariah Carey and Kevin Hart were the two pains in the asses. Well, Kevin Hart never got to be right. No, he never got to be. It was the potential pain in the ass. Mariah Carey, right. biggest pain in the ass. Well, isn't it nice that you get that to me? That's, that's a bet. I could have had you do a who's who of all the people you worked with. that was like perfect and good, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it's more it's just like yale right it's just like harvard it's not who they accept it's who they turn away exactly <laughs> you turned away kevin fucking hart man i did <laughs> after a lesson and <laughs> how shitty mariah carey was this is something you should have been able to learn from eminem right just listen to his raps you should have known <laughs> i did one i did one for him and, and he ended up not liking it so it's hanging in my house oh. How did you get paid on it? I didn't. He didn't like it. Okay. So, what was it of him as it's, him as, it's him as Robin? 
Oh but God. Yeah. It's, that's uh, just a bad, that's a bad choice. Yeah. And, and you know, it, like little lessons, little things that teach you things in life. Like huh? I was doing ego is still going to be there. Oh yeah. Wait, you, you were doing what? Like caricatures of people. And when you do caricatures, you emphasize flaws. Yeah. Nobody wants to look at their flaws. So like that was a learning lesson where I no longer emphasize somebody's flaws. I just, right. just, I kind of now do illustrative portraits. Yes. Not necessarily caricatures. Right. But we're not going to accentuate the flaws. We're going to accentuate your pretty pot stuff. Exactly. Like, like if you got I feel like eyes, the eyes are going to be bigger. Doesn't Facebook do that for me in some way when I do that, like picture version of me and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm good looking. Was it Facebook? Some app does it for yeah, me. I see filter. everybody's yeah, filter. Well, there's also one that they like make a painting of you or an illustrated. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's an app. Yeah. Right. Right. So at any rate, that that is a long lesson, I guess, or a smart lesson. Uh, when you're dealing with people's egos, especially those who they feel their egos justified, they've got a big bank account that proves it, right? Correct. It what was that like dealing? Because in 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 these cases, everything was sounds very uh, good, but you you are dealing with a whole different echelon of people, right? I don't mean to say yeah. they're better. No, they're they not may th they may think they're better, and they probably got enough money to have my body hidden somewhere. <laughs> I got to tell you though, with 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 ninety percent of the ones that I've dealt with, they're uh -huh. just down to earth, and they wanted to be treated normal. You know what I mean? Because they're surrounded by people that just yes them to death. So if you just okay. treat them like they're a normal person, you get a really good response. Right on. And you don't create a fake atmosphere of this is who we act like we are. No, no. Because again, again, like I don't give, I don't give a shit. You just have a cool job. That's it. Yeah. You're a normal person. You put your pants on the same way that I do. You wake up with bad breath. Like, it, I don't give a shit. You just have a cool job. That's it. And I have a pretty cool job, too. Like, I, when I was going to, um, to meet Post Malone, uh, somebody asked me, like, are you nervous? And I was like, why would I be nervous? And they're like, you're going to meet Post Malone. And my, my instant and honest response was, Post Malone's getting to meet me. Like, why would I be nervous? You conceited, motherfucker. <laughs> but you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. You weren't the one that said, hey, I want to meet Post Malone, were you? Post Malone was setting up that shit. He did want to meet you. Unlike in Vegas, where those girls always say they want to meet me, but when I'm ready to start charging them money for it, they're like, no, no, you know, you misunderstand. Right. <laughs> All the cards, these girls want to meet you. And I'm like, well, if you pay the right price, it can happen. <laughs> Apparently. Um but yeah you're you're not wrong he 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 hired you he wants yeah. to meet you he, he well, wants to see what you can do for him you're not you're not being like going there to be like uh so here's the song i thought you would write for me well I, if 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 you want me to be perfectly honest i had i had small dreams that he was going to ask me to come on stage and sing rock star with him because at the <laughs> time i was feeling like a rock star were you did you really think that that was your your little dream it was a dream yeah I knew it would never happen, but part of me was like, you know, that would be awesome if happen. he did. It could. Things, stranger <laughs> things have happened. Yeah. Well, Post Malone's like, dude, you're the most honest motherfucker I've ever met. Man, come on the bus. Like, like let's just hang out. That would be fire. What would you, but uh, at one point you can't join the tour too, right? You've got a family, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. 
So what do you do in these exciting, exotic locales? You, are you there for not you're more than a couple of weeks? You're probably there for a month or so, right? Yeah. So for the painting locations, it's it's mm-hmm. at least a month. Yeah. That's it's hard. rough on a family. How, how do you not see your family and, and wife for a month then? So my I go to L.A. next and I will I will be there for a month. We uh, my wife and I have a plan that um, she'll come out a couple weekends and then I'll come back home. So that way I could see her on the weekends. Yeah. so I could see her. I could see my kids. But like when I go to Dubai, I'm just there alone for however long I'm there for. Well, but I, don't know, I say day, that, but that's I'm pretty codependent. So that's that's my problem. Dude, like, so am I. I go crazy. Yeah. Like when we moved to when we moved back to Florida, I still had Times Square going on. So I would fly out for a week at a time to two weeks at a time. And within twenty within twelve hours, I'm in withdrawal that I don't have her next to me. I don't like you know what I'm saying? Like it drives me insane. I do. As and can can we talk about addiction? Yeah, of Usually course. An open book about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that brings me right to that question. Like, that's the time that we feel like we might not be right, but maybe this would make us right. Is there moments of weakness inside of that? Uh, like weaknesses, like I want to go do something stupid? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sound like it because you recognize it as stupid. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> the, the, but that's... You know- that's when the thoughts occur to us the most, right? Oh yeah. Like yeah. when the not not the thoughts, but that's when the thing that we need to get rid of or expel or whatever has made us an art artist, you know, whatever trauma it was that made us special. Um, that's when it starts preying on us, right? Oh, a hundred percent. Has its easiest time. Yeah, I mean to steal steal the words of suicidal tendencies, my brain is not a Mr. Rogers neighborhood. It's it's Which a dark one? fucking place. Which one, which song is that? Um, That's not uh, "Welcome to My Neighborhood," is it? No, it's uh, okay. uh, the the "Give Me a Pepsi." All I want is a Pepsi. In there, he says institutionalized. Institutionalized. In there, he says that his brain is not a Mister Rogers neighborhood. I don't. Know. Uh, you know, I, I I take something to that because for years, even before Tom Hanks played him, I've had Mister Rogers tattooed on me. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By a person, uh, I won't let this not be a part of the story, who who last I knew wants to kill me still. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> yes, Mr. Rogers' portrait, and the artist of which doesn't like my political opinions to the extent that he will break my arm the next time I see him. Or, or possibly, I don't know, he gave the illusion I would die. <laughs> Which I don't doubt it too. The guy's far more obese than me, you know. So I just run and cower. That's what I do. <laughs> Knowing you, I can't believe that. Uh, yeah, but also, yeah, no, I do. Like, you might, I might surprise you. And now I'm, I'm, you know what? I don't train with gloves anymore. I jog. So yeah, like that's something. Oh, we're okay. fighting, are we? Right on. All right, this is that moment. People are like, well, what about you? Got to stand up for your family. It's like I, I invite them to jog with me every day. Like if they didn't prepare for this very moment, then I'm sorry. I gave you guys plenty of opportunity. This is the moment we all run. That guy is threatening and intimidating. Um, yeah, no, no. I, I, getting older, you know, calming down. Now, now taking my ego out of things a lot. Uh, 
I can't, you know, not that in, in the moment, you know, my amygdala gets engaged and I have to, I need a, a little, like, that was the one thing. If, if Elon Musk was going to make a Neuralink and I was ever to put it in my, my brain, the selling point would be this, this can control your amygdala. It will give you a flashing sign off to the left that says amygdala engaged amygdala engaged <laughs> disengage amygdala um which the amygdala it makes me sound smart but i just learned that it's the guy in control when i'm raging right it's Got the it. little he's about an acorn size spot in my brain that just feels so good so good from all this rage finally everything is right in the universe and i have been unleashed and he also has caused me the greatest you know detriments in my life too i have a chipped tooth still like my my crooked smile is is because of him really yeah i didn't need to fight that guy like way <laughs> off, like his his buddy was the one making fun of my combat boots <laughs> and i challenged this guy and then then this national champion wrestler pops up in high school and uh just fed me my teeth man he literally fed me my tooth so i got a chipped tooth from it and if it i mean that's a life lesson right there's moments in your life where you're like nothing will ever be the same and when you're when you break a bone you get that feeling well, also when you chip a tooth, you know, you're just like, it's never going to be the same. Yep, and I've been that, there. <laughs> that, not that I learned that day, but that was a moment that is, is re reoccurred throughout my life until eventually I'm like, why? Like, really, at the Home Depot parking lot, this is the place that you want to stake your fucking toughness? Like, oh, you got to fight here. Like, you're mad about a horn or what? Like, I don't even, what about your day gets better now? I try to avoid any conflict like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, that's why I run. Uh, <laughs> how, how do you avoid conflicts like that? Do you just not even entertain them as they, as they arise? Yeah, not at all. Not at all. I used to, but now again, I went through some life changing experiences over the course of a year that there's nothing worth it. You know what I mean? Like I do it's it's just it doesn't make sense to me to argue over over petty stupid things that at the end of the day mean absolutely nothing i just don't get it and and you're able to keep that even on the on the highway well now that i'm in florida yes when i was in new york not at all oh my god <laughs> okay i used to fucking rage when i drove but i uh -huh. still i wouldn't get out and fight but i would be in the car cursing at people like you fucking moron but i wouldn't fight anybody over it it's <laughs> Yeah, you you got you got you got the better of me and got in front of me. Who cares? Oh, okay, because it was a race. Yeah, in my mind, very competitive <laughs> style. Very Dude, New York is is funky though, right? Getting around them highways and getting into the city itself. There, the city itself just give up, right? But you have to be aggressive. Getting into it, yeah. You it was you see, um, first time I had ever seen like bumper protectors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where you're like no no this is there's going to be some contact oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> right like no we're going to work and uh my bumper you know yeah the thing that i use to protect my car from other cars that needs a protector from other cars because you said going to work and in my head i heard you saying going to war that's what it's like when you drive in new york <laughs> what a terrible terrible fucking analogy and so apt too <laughs> because it is that you really it's one of the i myself um i'm in michigan though and so and my wife drives everywhere else we travel but 
she likes she drives i drive pretty much the speed limit for the lane right uh don't look at me my wife's already looking at me like this <laughs> i let everyone regulate my speed i put three to four seconds in front of me in the car in front of me okay i slow down and i get out of the way for those that need to go faster i do a little abusive boyfriend kind of on them where I'm like, yeah, this is the speed that we all like to travel, right? It takes this to overtake me. I get out of the way. Now I cut in a little bit close. Not close like, hey, oh, my God, it's a danger. But I cut in close. So, you know, like, yeah, hey, this lane was going 80. You know? So if you're getting in front of me, you you were pushing on my ass at 80. So you must want to go 85. 80 or more. Yeah. 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 Like, saying. you're my speeder now. You're my You're my buffer zone. Like, I'll go just like two miles under you for the amount of time that it takes when someone else jockeys position up behind me. I'm going to do the same thing. Oh, you want the lead? It's all yours, baby. But I know that they're they're the first one to get caught. You're like, oh, no, that guy, he was he was 85. How do you pull me over, officer? There's no way I was going as fast <laughs> as the guy pulling away from me. <sighs> yes, that's that's my MO, I guess. On a, I've, I've been analyzing it more and more. And I'm honestly happier, though, as I do it, because I was one of the ones that I would let people push me and then I would get angry about it. Right. So after they pushed me, I'd bad boyfriend them where I would cut in behind them and I would be like, yeah, now we're we're going this fast. You know, what I mean, now I'm on your ass. Yeah. As so, opposed to now, I'm just like, now you're two miles faster than me and we'll see you up ahead. With, you know, with my time. wife in the car, I can't do that. Or I couldn't do that in New York because she's so anxious. If if I don't have 10 seconds between me and the car in front of me, she thinks I'm driving badly. But if wow. I'm alone, or when I was alone, I would mm -hmm. definitely do that. Yeah, I don't I don't get to drive with my wife in the car. So <laughs> is that I don't even know. Like I say it like I don't get to drive. I have never gave a fuck about driving. I'm that guy. I guess that's not a real guy. I got no dick. That's what I know. Like, uh, but if it helps, you know what? I still don't ask for directions. So, boom. you know, yeah, boom. And, and I pump the gas. <laughs> so uh, most times if I'm not playing a video game, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't like to drive. It hasn't been ever, you know, I like driving fast cars, but I also only like driving fast cars where I can drive them fast. And the highway is not really a spot for driving a fast car. I mean, it, it is, but it isn't, right? It is at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> okay, yes, there are times. <laughs> driving through Atlanta, right? 3 o'clock in the a.m., fucking perfect time to hit it at 95. Yeah. Maybe even 105. What, what's the fastest? What, what's the highest you've gone on the highway? Uh, on my motorcycle, I did 157. You're a fucking maniac. I did it once. Scary. That's terrifying. That's fast. I'll that, never that's, do that you come up on cars that are going 75 miles an hour. You come up on them as though they were sitting still. Yes. And you were going and the 75 white, miles an hour. White dotted line disappears. <laughs> Solid as shit. No, it disappears. There's nothing there. Yeah. It's fucking but, nuts. I, I've I've been uh I think around 150. I was I was able to peel my eyes off of the road. 
to look down at the speedometer, but it felt so scary. Like I was pushing it like 135. Oh my God, this is fast. I got more engine. I got a lot more throttle. I'm pushing it and I'm like trying to, and I looked down and I was probably 147 and I was letting off of the throttle. So I was like, I probably hit 150. That is so fucking fast though. I was like, I never need to go that fast again ever in my ever. life. No. And now, especially the, like, so I got rid of the crotch rocket. I bought Harley's. And now I even sold my Harley. Like I have no desire to ride anymore. I have a, a very real sense of my own mortality. So is this brought on by we we you talked briefly and I wanted to get to it. So I guess that's where I'm trying to go. A life-changing event over the course of one year. Yeah. Is this brought on from is this uh giving up of this desire to of your own mortality? Is this also brought on from that life-changing event? It yeah, it definitely played a big part in it. Definitely. It's just the way that you see the world after that, possibly. Let's talk about the life-changing event. What'd you do? So for uh, the course of an entire year, a little bit more, I did either Bufo or Ayahuasca once a month, if not. And twice. Bufo is what um, our Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, that's what he and his friends engaged in on the weekends, wasn't it? Yeah, well. It, and they yeah, would boff their brains out or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, um, five. What is Bufo? It's the poison from the Sonora Desert Toad. It is the most powerful hallucinogen on the planet. It's what Mike Tyson does. And have you tattooed your face since? I have not, but he tattooed his face before Buffo. Oh, shit. <laughs> Do you think he would not have done it then? Tattooing your face is kind of an exercise. It's the exercise of the id. Doing this I think he still venom. might have because mm -hmm. when, when you do Buffo, you realize real quick that this is kind of all a construct and it's there's a lot of programming that happens within this world that you now get to see through. You kind of like you peek through the veil, you see the wizard, okay. you know, like from the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of the shit that people are like, even like all this political stuff that people are up in arms about. It's so stupid. It's such a waste of energy. And if you actually paid attention to what was happening, it's 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 slide of hand. It's pay attention over here. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, my God. Fight about this. So you're not watching the backdoor deals that are happening. It's just crazy. Um, but you a, a, a different backdoor than greed. Or. Oh, no, it's backdoors. That was greed. OK. Yeah, it's I, I was I was I was prepared for this, you know to be a shift of complete paradigm be like Kyle actually greed's not the thing you'd be surprised man there's a secret thing <laughs> but okay that's why I, I I've noticed that of sorts I think um a lot of times we create uh places for greed to grow right it yeah. greeds, it, it grows best in the dark um and it when we don't have proper oversight on anything there will be corruption to follow whatever yeah well everything will, that's wrong in the world is I mean like listen it doesn't matter what side of the political aisle you're on. They don't care about us. They don't give a shit. It's all about money. Politics is biz big business. Pharmaceuticals, big business. War, big business. That's Well, can I argue this? Money. Sure. That money is the only way to affect those other changes that you have. Do you follow that? Um, so if I cared about you as a human, I can I can only do so much. I can do nothing without money. This is the resource that we've chosen to use in this in this capitalist venture. So I have to raise money. And the more of it that I can raise, then the more of it, obviously, that can be going to help the people. So obviously, I care about the people. It's just I recognize the only way to care about the people is being very, very rich. 
Yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying, but you know, even just a smile at the right time could change somebody's life. Okay. You know I mean? Like if somebody's downtrodden and you, you, you spend a moment with them just to let them know that they're, they're, they're not alone. That could, that could have profound changes. So you're saying that's worth a certain amount of money is what I hear. But yes. <laughs> I, that, so basically what you're saying is these politicians have learned to smile and it's worth a lot of money. Uh, I, I, well, I've I've heard the argument that as as I propose it to you that that um sure, sure. that things don't get done without money and so yes we do have to be this arm uh this this arm of this uh of this love or this corporation as it is uh and it has to raise money so that we can do good that's the very same that we um that we hear in the churches of the well, the rich I mean, church message if you've ever heard it is is that you know that. God will. You have, you haven't. Oh, I have. Yeah, I have. I, I don't believe in organized religion. It it exists, dude. I could show you, like, I'll show you video. <laughs> I've seen it. This is it's like what, like, you don't believe in fairies or something? Like, clap your hands. The audience needs to clap their hands, and Tinkerbell will rise. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm being a little too literal. People used to tell me they didn't believe in tattoos, and I would show them my tattoo. I'd be like, there it is. Well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I believe yes. in religion. I don't believe in organized religion as far as like the Catholic Church. Like Well, when, let's let's when, go on deeper when, to finish that statement. You don't believe in organized religion as being a faction of good in the world. Correct. Right? Okay. So I, I'm a firm I, believer that 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 religion, like organized religion like that, is for people that are afraid to go to hell. And spirituality is for people that have already been to hell. I'm a spiritualist. I believe in okay. God like wholeheartedly i wouldn't like there like the things that i've been through in life there has to be a god for me to still be here talking to you right now for where to for me to be where i am in life and I, then the, he has all, blessed you in some fashion one thousand percent then let me let me argue one of my favorite arguments here then okay against that very same um in that if you're if you are here and you've been blessed by god he has shown miracles throughout your life that let you know that there is no other option, that, that this is what it is and that he is real and that he is the governing force of all, right? Because of this miracle. However, I, I would like to uh, put, put forth that in that case, you're saying it's a miracle because the st it statistically should not have occurred like that. Instead, you should be dead. You should not be alive. Which then means statistically that for that thing to be true, then in those very exact examples, thousands and thousands of hundreds of thousands of times over, as we've determined a miracle to be a very large percentage, God has not been there. And it is actually then in, in all those cases that build up your statistic, a proof of the absence of God. Ah, I disagree. Okay. Well, I think you have to. I don't know that. I don't even know. I agree. I just have <laughs> like, this is an argument so, that I've heard. And I'm like, I like this. This right, here, here's what opens doors. Mm -hmm. And and I, I always try to refrain from, from speaking this because people get weirded out. And anybody that's done ayahuasca or done Bufo will com completely relate to what I'm saying. Especially with Bufo. I met God. I've totally, I've been where we all yes. come from. Awesome. I've, mm -hmm. I've been there. I've seen where we're created and we're nothing but energy. But God is within every one of us. 
So like, is there this, this like all knowing being that, that, that stops things? No, God's within me. So these miracles that happened were part of me. It's part of what, 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 what I was supposed to go through. Like I've chosen, you've chosen, everybody's chosen to be here right now, going through the experiences we're going through. We've chosen this for whatever reason, but right. God is within all of us. He plays hide and seek constantly. If that makes any sense. So like I could look at, look at my cat who's lying on the bed next to me right now. And there, I could see God within that. You know what I mean? I think, uh, let me, let me also wonder then, uh, you've met God. What's the pronouns? Is he a day? <laughs> and, and if not, how does this whole thing work? <laughs> you know, like, I gotta tell did, you. Where did he birth this? thing that he only has a penis no i don't know i'm i'm uh, I, i'm trying to be silly <laughs> i don't i i don't i think uh i don't know you know i i couldn't tell if it was male or female i have no idea it was just a ball of energy i, I was kind of i was so waiting for you at any time to give a pronoun and you hadn't nope I refuse. so so i'm i was you know good on you there you kind of ruined my whole eventual hope to have it. Uh, but um, if God is then in all of us, then he is in your enemy as well. Do you have enemies? I personally don't know. I mean, I have people that don't like me, but that's that's their problem, not mine. And I told you, I've gotten over that. Yeah, That was a it's... long time ago. <laughs> come on my show to harp on that on me about that well listen, listen i didn't know you the signals i thought you wanted my finger in <laughs> oh god um so i digress my audience they probably already suspect me anyways of something weird we know that i've got some pretty liberal beliefs um so you did ayahuasca you did bufa once twice what do you you said this was over a course of a year yeah you? so i would i would hold ceremony monthly with uh with ayahuasca and then as often as i could with bufo so like in the course of a year i did 17 bufo ceremonies and this now you're doing these ceremonies which obviously you're just a druggie we, <laughs> we call it a fucking party but all right okay ceremony um other people involved then you got like a priest there some kind of yeah guy. there's a there's a, a facilitator uh most of anybody that's really into this doesn't like to be called a shaman but aka a shaman it's somebody that's uh has has learned how to function while on the on the medicine and and they can um guide you uh not with words any anybody that puts their ideas into what you're doing is very dangerous, especially under that kind of uh, influence because you're very open. So okay. almost hypnotic, like state yeah, a hundred percent. So the people like I, I vetted every, like the guy. That, so they don't, they don't guide you with words. They hum in a certain area or something. What do they, 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 they sniff? They use, you? they use music. They use okay. uh, like medicine, medicine bowls, uh, this crazy okay. harmonica thing, uh, tuning forks. It's just, it's, it's just something with vibration that you can interact with that might give you a, a focus point. Yeah. But that yeah. isn't because any kind of actual stimulus of thought so that you are still going down your path. 
Right. So like like with Bufo more more than ayahuasca because ayahuasca you can kind of control with bufo mm. you have zero control you you smoke it the moment it's in your lungs you're fucked and like <laughs> yeah you're fucked so you, and you say this of course from a place of love yeah oh for yeah it. <laughs> once you get the bufo though you're fucked man yeah it's all over so, so like, life life changing is yeah, kind of like, what you're implying my first ceremony my my wife did it with me and it, what's really funny is I did it thinking she needed to do it. So I was just, in my mind, I'm doing it with her to support her. But when in reality, she was doing it to support me because I genuinely needed it. Well, and who it, brought up the idea to do? No, I'm I did. Curious. I did. Because okay. I, I had watched a documentary years ago about how ayahuasca cures addiction. So I was like, fuck, I want to do this. I want to do this. And then. A, f a friend of a friend she was tattooing was a, a military vet suffering from really bad PTSD. And now the government is is having people do this, do Bufo, because it, it literally fixes everything. It's the most unbelievable, horribly painful, terrifying, beautiful experience you'll ever have in your entire life. But I, I don't know, cool. man. I did DMT, and I was waiting for the universe to tell me some shit, and it did, man. It, like, all got down all secret to me, and it was like, just you and me, bro. And it told me the secret. And I was like, I already knew that. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll try to set us up a ceremony with Bufo if you want to try it. I, I actually am interested. I, I did recently do some DMT, and I think I may do some more after I get done talking to you. My wife has plans for us and possible a dinner, so that may not work. But now I'm not scared of it. It was no. it was fucking awesome. Um, well, I didn't with, really with, speak to God or nothing. Well, but maybe with, I didn't do enough. Mm -hmm. With uh, with Bufo, every time I did it, I was terrified because and I, so like my first ceremony, you do what's called a handshake, and that's where everybody that's in the circle they do it together and they do a very small amount just to like dip your feet in the water. So it's in other words, like your face is in that world, but your body is still here. So you can, you feel grounded. So you do a small amount of the drug and you call it a handshake or you actually yeah. shake hands. No, it's okay. called a handshake. So it's I, like, Hey, how you doing? I'm Bufo. Get ready. Yeah, get, exactly. So <laughs> you, you might want to grease meet, up. You get to meet her. So it okay. was, or him. it's uh, it was very like, it was awesome. I was seeing these kaleidoscopy like pastel colors and like floating in waves. And I was like, this is fucking great. I can't wait to do my, my, my full dose. Mm -hmm. And then he gave me the full dose. She, my wife did hers first and she like literally traveled back in time and like was walking around her village, holding her mom's hand. She could smell things, feel things, touch things. It was amazing for her. What? Yeah. No. So, she like, traveled what? back in time and hung out with her mom. Yeah. Where, you, yeah, where's your where's your wife from? You said Italy. you said she was in her, Italy. Yeah. So from and hung out, she, she crossed the ocean. Yep, yep. She was in her village, and like. So what's everybody up. else see in this kind of case? So it's like Tyler Durden fighting himself for everybody else. Yeah, what's, it's very different. It's very there's like your your main experience is different. Some of the visuals. Well, everybody else. So sober people, though, would we see her walking around, or she was, she was laying down. Oh, she was laying down, still as a board, looking like she was sleeping. Okay. okay. Looking like she was sleeping. But so then it was my turn, and I was fucking like so excited. But 
during the handshake, I felt this weird feeling in my stomach. And I kept telling the guy, like, I feel I have a knot in my stomach. He's like, don't think about it. And I was like, okay. And, but uh -huh. it was just there. So I did my, my full dose and I'm like, you have to watch the smoke as you're, you're inhaling it. You have to inhale it very, very slow, almost yeah. to the point of like, you, you can't take another breath and then you have to take a couple more, but you have to yeah, think. I, yourself, it's like DMT. You think okay. to yourself. I was going to say, it's like Matt, I, I, I chased the dragon. Yeah. Brother. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but you're thinking to yourself the whole time, like I'm taking this with love, with love, with love. Mm -hmm. but so i i get it in my and get it in and i'm staring at him and he starts counting down backwards from 10 by the time he hit seven his part like he turned into this weird particle thing that was breaking up and i could feel the vibration of the universe and i went into a complete fucking panic and i laid back and i i let it out and instantly thought to myself i'm gonna die i fucked up i wish i wouldn't have done this <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> it was the most horrifying experience i've ever had in my entire life like i truly and utterly had ego death which i needed but okay i don't so, know but in the moment painful horribly painful yeah emotionally the day after painful. you're pretty happy about it 10 minutes later i was happy about it but when i went under it was like white noise very sharp very jagged i was terrified and i could have been 20 minutes, it could have been a fraction of a second. I don't know how long it was, but I heard a very calm voice say, just relax and let go. And the moment I heard let go, I just, my body just went limp and I went in and it was like, and you shit yourself. Yeah, dude. I went into the <laughs> fucking wormhole of the universe. I literally went to the center of the universe and got to look around. And then I experienced some really horrible things that, that I, um, it wasn't my first, my first, I came back out of my first and it was fucking the most beautiful thing ever. Like I was crying. Trees made so much sense to me. Like trees are everything, dude. But believe it. I live in Michigan. I don't, yeah. I go down to Texas. Things get weird. You're in Florida. <laughs> that things, are, things are weird there with trees, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, is that a tree? It's like an overgrown crustacean. I don't know if I trust these things. They're all pokey. They want to, they want to kill me. Every palm tree is angry at you. Yeah, oh, there they are. Yeah. It's going to drop a coconut on your head. More <laughs> more trees, coconut, palm trees, kill people every year than lightning. That is a fact. And we think lightning's this all mean thing, you know, God's fucking curse. God's curse, fucking coconuts. Mm -hmm. Which also, I love their water. Isn't that an irony? Yeah. <laughs> but then my uh, my second ceremony which was, I did it two months later. Uh, I went in, I was terrified going in because of what the experience I had previously. And I went in and I, it was just beautiful. It was so beautiful. I saw these wonderful colors and everything was just like sacred geometry. And I was like, this is fucking great. And then all of a sudden, I well, see the first thing that you've described was the handshake, right? No, the, 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 the first was the handshake. The second that I described was the full dose, the solo. Okay. Which was though on the same day the same or day. the next yeah. day. Okay. The same day. Yeah. And then after that solo, you do another handshake just to like tie it all together and bring it in and then ceremony's finished. But the guy that, that facilitated. And how, me, how needed was that handshake? The, the last one. It, totally needed. Okay. It, it just, it brings, it centers you. It brings you back to here. You know what I mean? Because when you're when you're in your solo, this 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 plane of existence is gone. Like I was I was everywhere all at the same time. 
I could see everything, but you don't see it through eyes. You see in a pure like 360. It's mm-hmm. it's it's fucking mind boggling. Like unless you've experienced it, it's so hard to explain it. Like I can looking at people, I can tell people that have done it and who haven't. You know what I'm saying? Like so if you looked at Mike Tyson, are you able to tell that he did toad venom? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just it's more, or is it more about also being in their presence? Yeah. And words that they use, like listening to him talk, you, there's just the lingo and there's things that's like, it's so hard to explain. I'm, I don't want to out anybody in the industry, but I hadn't seen somebody in a long time and I saw him at a convention and I knew instantly I looked at him and I was like, ah, <laughs> they've been there too. And Dude, was he able to tell the same yep. in looking at you? Yeah, we gravitated towards each other. We started talking and we both knew instantly. And then it's funny enough, we actually did ayahuasca ceremony with the same facilitators just at different times. Okay. Yeah. But then, so my second time with Bufo was, that was the most traumatic experience I've ever had in my entire life. Like, uh, so it was beautiful. I'm in my solo now. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I see all this sacred geometry. I'm seeing like church imagery, like like the the architecture and churches everywhere. I'm like, this is fucking great. Oh, I love this. And then all of a sudden I see this little black hole spinning on the bottom. And I'm like, I don't want to look at that. And it kept getting bigger and bigger. And then that voice came through again and said, listen, you're going there. You can fight it and it's going to be horrible. Or you can just go and relax and deal What's with it. What's this voice sound like? Or is it just like an understanding? Yeah, it's like an understanding. Yeah. And and it was just like, I went in and I literally relived my quote-unquote biological father molesting me as a child. And it That's was... painful. It was horrible. Like, I could feel everything all over again. Just Would like my wife felt in the village. was buried through the first, even though. Yeah, because the medicine knew I wasn't ready for that. It, it, it's, it's crazy to speak to the medicine <laughs> about the medicine. Like it's alive, but it is dude. It, it yeah. I dropped my head and I am, I'm, I looked at you with the eyes. But, uh, <laughs> it, it knows what you need and it takes care of you. And, and literally it's, it's again, if you haven't been through it, you wouldn't understand this. It's fucking tragic, but it's very gentle at the same time. So, so it, your quote unquote, so he's not your biological father, but was told no, to you that big, he was. Yeah, a big long story. We can get into that a little in a little while. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't we don't need to go into all that, but this is something that that uh, I imagine would be a source of trauma, right? Oh, yeah. As artists, and if I'm having all my artist friends on, and one of the reoccurring things seems to be trauma. Um, yeah, okay. In many of the ways we deal with this is you're not the first person to be on talking about addiction. I hope you're not the last. I myself was addicted to meth, so I certainly don't feel like I'm some righteous or holier than thou, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was kind of blessed I didn't do the twelve steps. And I, I think you told me that 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 you don't you can enjoy a glass of alcohol now, but you don't go running back to to your former drug self. You you were an addict at times. Oh yeah, I was a horrible heroin addict. Thanks. Yeah. I, pro- I apologize for like how I'm trying to get that out. No, I, but okay. of course okay. I I knew that, and I knew that you weren't uh, so worried about others knowing that. I just didn't know how to say it, I guess. But no, no, that's all right. 
now you don't find that if I have a drink of alcohol, I got to go find a dealer. Zero, zero. I don't even. So what, what the medicine has taught me is again, a lot of things are just constructs or programming. And from the time of my birth, I was literally told you're, you're going to be an alcoholic. You are going to be an alcoholic. Your father was an alcoholic. You're definitely going to be an alcoholic. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I, I became an addict or an alcoholic, but in retrospect through the medicine and through like just having my points of view completely different now, I don't think I was necessarily an addict. I think that I was uh, a, a fucking young guy or a young kid that was dealing quietly with the fact that the person that was supposed to be my father molested me as a child. And who the, how do you cope with that? You don't, you numb the pain. So everything I did was to, to not feel me, to not feel anything. What the medicine did for me is it literally within a matter of moments, I dealt with it and came to the most amazing conclusion. what? Very simply, because my entire life, the question was, and it was, it's, this is a question that people use constantly and it's fucking stupid why why did this happen why did that happen the why does not matter it doesn't matter why why. lives in the past yeah right right matter why in in in, in many cases you have no control over those whys exactly it happened that's it it's part of who i am it happened why it happened doesn't matter why he did that to me doesn't matter who i don't fucking know i don't care i don't want to know i forgave him that day i literally so while I was under, my, my older sister came to ceremony this time. I was crying my eyes out. And now you're gone. Like, you're not here. So I had no idea I was crying. But she, like, everybody's watching mm. me. And I'm bawling uncontrollably. Snot bubbles going. And <laughs> right. all of a sudden. <laughs> you're pretty as self. Yeah. I can imagine. And all of a sudden, I started laughing, they said. And then they said that I said, I'm free. And I recall starting to come to at that point. Like, uh-huh. and like. I heard church bells going off in my neighborhood and the, 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 the facilitator started playing this fucking weird harmonica thing. And it like just literally started lifting me up out of this horribly, horribly dark place that I was in. And yeah, I mean, it brought all that, those feelings back up. And for a few weeks I was in a depression and it was painful, but it literally started coming to me that it's okay. It doesn't matter. It's not who I am. It doesn't define me. And that's literally now how I like the why, why things happen. They just happen. It is what it is. Shit. Life just happens. Was it, uh, the one good thing that came out of the movie Westworld or the series Westworld, which was Anthony Hopkins, uh, acting and, and the idea that suffering is what makes a person. Yeah. But in this case, kind of you're giving up this, uh, you like, Am I right? Like at one point we, we, we make the person because of our suffering and it's ours. Uh, nine inch nails says you can't have my suffering. I see people protect their suffering all the time and fight with each other. My suffering's worse than your suffering. I suffer worse. Um, it, 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 this all kind of come into a perspective of sorts then, and you lose the idea of suffering then or yeah. not. 
a thousand percent. What I'm doing right now, talking to you about it, talking to your listeners, anybody that I share this with, I no longer give it power. It doesn't have power over me anymore. It's 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 a mute subject. I don't. I, awesome. I, I have no shame that it happened. Like I used to have so much shame. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, the fact that that happened, I questioned my sexuality for fucking years. Mm-hmm. There was so much. What was well, wrong? That was me? all in that. Why then, too? Then I'm guessing, exactly. right? Like, why? Why did it happen? What did I do? Because that it begins to imagine that you have any control over that. Exactly. You, you you don't. I don't. Not at all. And it doesn't so matter. even as you ask the why, you you assume control. Am I wrong? Yes, and you feed it. You feed that 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 negativity within yourself by asking why. Well, I and hate this guy all of a sudden too. You also <laughs> speaking of negative, you you forgave him. Yeah, is he still yeah. alive? No, he he passed. Uh, and I'm I'm. It's fine that he passed. It doesn't like right. I no no feelings either way. But now I look at it in a in a light of where was he in life? Like what happened to him that mm-hmm. made him that way? You know what I mean? So I do. Like uh, at one point, I think in most child pedophiles, the most reviled thing in all of any conversation ever anywhere. You know, if you want to say that I hate one group of people and get a resounding applause, it will be in the child pedophiles. But if you go over a timeline at one point, you cared a lot about that child pedophile. But right before he was made, you know what I mean? Or, Or at the point that he suffered the trauma that he reacted from. Correct. You felt terrible for him. And then there is this thing that somehow doesn't get worked out. And it, it, I don't know. That's my, my, my observation of it as I um, try to look at things from, I think, a perspective that you're talking of, uh, which is that there are almost no absolutes. There's not bad nor good, but there are things. 1000%. And, and this is going to be stupid. To, it might not be stupid. It's going to sound silly. But any, again, anybody that's been there gets it. There's nothing but love. <laughs> okay. Love, love is amazing. It's the answer. Then what? Okay. Uh, that sounds like a squirrely guy in New York. Doesn't believe in fighting. And I got to ask myself, how long will we have freedom for? Well, don't 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 again don't mistake what i'm saying <laughs> well i don't know actually i'm just putting if it in somebody, context of merle haggard in, that that's from if, a merle haggard song right yeah well if somebody walks in my house at night and i'm sitting on my couch you better believe they're getting a shot straight to the face okay the, you believe like, in fighting for something for some kind uh, of virtue or something one thousand percent one thousand percent and i know that you're apolitical for the most uh yes. are you paying attention to what is going on today at all in Russia, I am very closely. Any uh, any feelings <laughs> on that? Uh, Do so we know I, the I want, truth? I want to know. Yeah, that's the thing. I want to know. I want to read a little more into it. Um, but I, from what I understand, there's a military coup happening. Not a coup of Putin, but a coup of just the military. And the guy that the military group that's doing it is saying that they want the corruption from the Russian military to be gone, which I think would be a good thing. Mm. But then again, with with power 
you know, everybody can be corrupted. So power breeds corruption. Yep. Certainly, certainly power doesn't because power seeks to be unchecked. And uh, then when it, it achieves that through whatever means it finds, it finds uh, there's a vacuum created for corruption to come in, for greed yeah. to come in. Um, my stupid beliefs. I'm curious about it. I'm I'm very excited. I I I am. I'm one of the few people in America who have been saying for some time that spending money against Putin is valid. Like I'm, I can do that. Like it, it, I feel like Putin should not be taking things that aren't his. And I don't know that he was given those things or that he has any claim to them. Uh, and certainly when there are people that don't want them to be taken, they're like, no, nah, we don't want uh, to be like that. Then you're right. Like, uh, democracy wins. That's my opinion, right? So, like, um, I'm not mad at any of the money that we spend over there. So, seeing this happen today seems to justify much of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a again, it's a stupid war. But is I, it which was the smart war though? I don't think in, any war is in a counter. War. Okay. Yeah. I, I I think we would, I would have to qualify that that statement. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if it's a stupid war from somebody who thinks all wars are dumb then it's the same and i'm not to i'm not to say you're wrong at all i feel like all wars are dumb and sometimes they are a um a pissing match of how dumb one can be agree uh, but now <laughs> see i think the important war that we are losing as a country and my wife's going to get so pissed at me for this is mm. we, we've been at war with china for a long time and we're we're completely losing 1000 percent oh, yeah, war I think social so. media. So if you look at the algorithm with social like, media too, a thousand percent. Okay. You're mad at the TikTok. I hate TikTok. If If you look at the algorithms over there, the kids are rewarded for being good, for listening to their parents, for doing good in school. That's those are the superstars here. It's pure stupidity. And this country is getting dumber and dumber by the fucking day. The youth of today there, they have so much fucking information, but they are so fucking ignorant. Because they think social media is the is the news. Like I've literally had friends tell me that they get their news from TikTok, and I'm like, you got one idiot telling another <laughs> idiot something, and that relays to another idiot, and then you're another idiot that's now listening to that, thinking well, it's facts. I'll be happy with anybody getting the news from absolutely any source. Literally, uh, I would. I will always be happier when they ch check and cross verify it with other sources, right? Let's that's like what they need to sometimes do. the impetus is like, oh, well, that's of interest to me. I hear your position and I am going to explore others. Exactly. And that that's that's see, like being apolitical, I don't watch Fox News Fox News and say, Oh, they're right. I definitely don't watch MSNBC and say, Oh, they're right. I watch that, I watch Fox, I, I watch everything and then read. And I, I make my own decision because there's always three sides to a story. You got their mm -hmm. version, their version, and then the truth. So well, it's, it's our jobs to, unfortunately, and it shouldn't be, but it's our jobs to now filter it out and figure out what's actually happening. Yeah. Well, I don't know that it shouldn't be. I think it, I think there's an amount of it that I'm happy to put on us. And I, I, have, I share much chagrin. And uh, I wish I could share shame, but it doesn't change. It doesn't change other people's outlooks by about when people don't v check these things, you know what I mean? Don't yeah. source this. I had a kid actually come to me and explain to me that the, I believe this is the claim. Okay. Um, that the flu vaccine, uh, 
caused autism later on in life and that they have now had studies that have linked and proved this. And that was of interest to me. Um, it was coming out around the COVID time. So a lot of these kinds of concerns were being floated around and I felt like a good time to really know. So I asked him if he could put any kind of proof to that, you know, cause I just hadn't ever heard that. And I would like to change my perspective. Like if that's the thing I want to know, it will change the way I go forward from this day on out. Right. However, he pulls up an article and says, there you go. And I look at the article and it says much the exact opposite. It says the flu vaccines actually uh, have been found to lower the risk of Alzheimer's later on in life and dementia. Um, I say, well, it actually says the opposite. And he says, see, that's how quickly they've been out working against it. <laughs> how do you win? How do you win that one? You kind of don't. <laughs> I, I I don't know what to do either. Um, yeah, I, I I'm that's of interest to me though that TikTok would bring about uh, an algorithm different for one than it, but it also would make sense in that. Well, and and I'm, I'm going to argue, dumbs down, but also it dumbs down China. In the thought that subservient people are the ones that we should honor, that we should hold the ideal of. Those who honor their father and mother, yes, but I bet it also goes on then to have a big amount for those who honor Xi Jinping, right? Oh, I'm or, sure. Or the Communist Party, or who follow in line with the Communist, uh, you know, manifesto, and, and starts up a 1984 George Orwell kind of, you know, storyline. One thousand percent, and that's so, what's happening over there. Well, so on one side, we're like, well, we're too fucking, we're too dumb over here because look at, this is a higher ideal and virtue to appeal to. But at the same time, we're so fucking free over here, which is a higher ideal and a stupid virtue to appeal to. Sorry, sometimes freedom is dumb. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather be free than a slave. That's for sure. Yeah. I want the ability to jump off of this cliff into the ravine below full of water, hopefully with my bike. I want the ability to, yeah, I'm not so happy about the outcome. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I want the That's ability to go. How <laughs> <laughs> about I want to go down and check out the Titanic in new materials. Dude, I was I right the there ability. up and off the cliff with a bike looking at you, high-fiving, and then looking down, and there's no water being like, well, we fucked up. <laughs> that was a mistake. Look at that. Yeah, I f <laughs> okay, then let me... Yeah, like the Looney Tunes, right? Like a wily yep. Coyote hanging off the edge of a cliff. <laughs> I feel like that is where a lot of the Republican Party is right now. And uh, I hate to diss on the Republican Party too much, but they deserve it. But both parties deserve it. I just hate to do it because then it always castigates me as some kind of um, uh, Democrat. Um, however, I feel like the best thing about Donald Trump is he had an imaginary road that he painted for everybody to walk on. And he knew once they got out there, they were all going to have to be like, no, we're all standing on top of firm fucking soil. <laughs> this is a land bridge to success or else they would fall. Like they're caught in the moment with Wiley Coyote, right? Where he's holding up yeah. the sign. He's not falling yet. <laughs> he's, he's about to hold the sign. As soon as he says, yikes, he falls. <laughs> right. Right now, he, he's just got to say like, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't know about no law of gravity. Well, do, do you think the Democratic Party is doing anything different right now? 
See, that's my my fear is that I um I come back to that. No, I I think that that's what keeps them from winning. In many cases, is their uh th their inability to win on virtue, um because they're not going after virtue. Because so many political parties in this country see exactly that money allows them to do virtuous things. So they need the money, and they know how to go after money, but it uses greed. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh not using greed doesn't make money it just doesn't and, and that goes back to the beginning of this hmm? it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on they don't give a shit about the common person well, they just don't care they care about filling their own pockets they care about your vote that's it they care about your tax dollars they care they, about they where you get mad about them being spent but they don't care they don't even care about that they they care well they do care if they can use it to the advantage to become reelected sure. to sure, sure. watching some of this uh you see the show dope sick no i haven't seen it but but you, they don't you, care about the day-to-day -day life you were doing heroin yourself right yeah didn't start with oxy how how do you how do you come about this i mean obviously there was, oh, bro, I was straight government. to the thing <laughs> you knew who you were like no i want that age were you, Yo, were you in new york right, or you were you in florida this is sad i was in new york I was in okay. Jersey, actually. This is sad. There's a, a TV commercial when I was a kid of a, oh a God. kid running that looked like he was running track. And then it pans mm -hmm. out. It's a cop chasing this kid. And it the voice says, nobody ever grows up that wants to be a, that wants to be a junkie. And no. like, literally, I would hear that and be like, you're wrong. I do. All my heroes were fucking heroin addicts. Like Jim who? Morrison, fucking, okay. like all of them. Everybody I ever had. Basketball Diaries? Yeah, bro. Did Everybody I've okay. ever grown up idolizing was a heroin addict. I knew I wanted to do heroin. William S. Burroughs, uh, Naked Lunch dude. Yeah. Familiar with him? Okay. <laughs> you knew it. Kurt Cobain then? Did you listen oh. to the kid? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Sublime? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're batting a thousand, man. Um, uh, the fucking uh, the band uh, uh, Blind Melon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like anybody that died young of heroin, I was like, lucky them. That was Shannon literally Noon. My, my Shannon Noon, yeah. That was my my fucking mentality back then. I wanted to wow. die at 27. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> I'm very glad you didn't. Um yeah, so am I. It, it, it amazing, like a commercial then. Did you see that and you think it helped drive you to know that it it existed? Because I, I said what led you to it, and you kind of come up with this commercial. Do you feel like you may not have known? You had to have though, because these were all your heroes. No, I, I yeah, they were my heroes, and I also blame my parents. And I don't blame them in a bad way. Like my my parents did the best that they could with what but they, they had. thought. That's what they were doing when they were saying you're going to be an alcoholic. They thought they were preparing you to fight against the demon. Right, but at the same time, it was totally acceptable in my house to smoke pot as long as you shared with mom and dad. I I got my father uh, dusted. So I was smoking angel dust for a while and I rolled him a really small one and I said, go upstairs and smoke this. And he's like, what is it? I was like, just go smoke it. He came down the steps 10 minutes later, holding on, like he was stepping through the steps and he's like, what the fuck was that? And I started <laughs> laughing and I was like, angel dust. They're like and PCP. Like, yeah. He was like, like naked in the streets. You're going to, <laughs> you're, you're, you're going to, uh, to two, one of two institutions. Neither yep. are good. And he was like, give me more. I want your mother to try this. So that's the oh. house I grew up in. <laughs> uh, you Literally. didn't want to be true. You, 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry to laugh. No, it only funny. comes from knowing this, this, uh, the, where, where you're at now, the, the, the humor can be funny. Cause yes, that is not a proper response. I, I hear parents do it often. I know that I am certainly guilty of many improper things in raising my son. Uh, however, I find people will say things like this little monster here, you know, like, uh, yeah. like you're going to, yeah. What else does he have to live up to be? Right. You, this you feed negative reinforcement. My kid's a fucking asshole. He'd never do he, like sometimes people see your well-behaved kid and they'll say that kind of stuff. Like my kid's a fucking dick. He would never behave like your kid. And you're like, yeah, I, I wonder why. <laughs> you know what? We told our kid that we expect him to act this way. And here he is. <laughs> but you told him you expect him to act like a fucking dick. huh? And you're yep. surprised. Surprised he would take your word. He fucking admires you. He thinks you're cool people. So fucking Words, he's gonna listen to you. Serious weight. <laughs> so um when do you first do it? How old are you? You're in New York. You left Boca Raton already. Boca Raton, isn't that kind of a ritzy place? Very, yeah. So you growing up kind of under the were you were you well off? No, all right. So back like backtrack. I actually grew up in New Jersey in um Indian ghettos. So like apartments that were just like horrible. Uh no, I was it, I was It wasn't called uh, Indian ghettos. Was it called Indian Hills or something and they call it this? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was uh Hills. yeah. It was I, um, <laughs> Okay. I've lived in a place called Indian Hills as well. Um, Did you really? Yeah, a trailer park, of course. Yeah, I I I lived in trailer parks. Uh yeah. No, it was bad. And then life changed when my grandmother hit the lottery. Ching. Yeah, but I also learned a valuable lesson there too. Uh -huh. Money destroys everything. My okay. family was tight until that. And when my grandmother hit the lottery, it just, we cannibalized each other. I say we, I was young. It didn't matter to me. But, right, but you my saw. family just fell apart. Yeah. yeah. They're like, so-and-so thinks they're going to do this with the money. So-and-so right. expects this amount. So-and-so wants the house. Right. I really yeah. liked the fucking, the earrings that she, like those were the special earring to me. So I don't think, even though they're a $10,000 value, she let me wear them at my prom. They should right. be mine. Yeah, it's so <laughs> insane. But then then I, I moved on up a little bit. But I was when I was using, I was using... Uh, the, the worst of my addiction was in New York. And then I moved to Florida. And I was in Florida for 20 years before I ended up moving back. But then I, I ended up relapsing for a while, and it got pretty dark here. Were you, were you at home? using then yeah so the last time what sent me to new york uh my ex-wife uh <laughs> so she ended up cheating on me with the my shop manager who was my best friend at the time that i thought without a shadow of a doubt had my back i found out that they were sleeping with each other so i yeah i literally went to the shop I was going to fucking shoot him in the face and kill him. It, it, it was a very smart choice. Yeah. Smart yeah. choice. It made sense. I can't imagine anything goes bad after that. Yeah. Seems and then I decided not to do that, but I still, I had a partner at the time. I still owned the shop and him and I were talking like, buy me out. Um, and I didn't leave my house for six months. You know what I mean? I had the income of the shop. I was tattooing out of my house. 
and I was just she like, was still there, and you were no, still I there. Fucking, no, I kicked her out instantly yeah. that day. Um, but you start using not right away. So for about six months, I just isolated myself, and then I I I'm a big fan of walking late nights. I still mm-hmm. like to do it. Like I'm an insomniac, so walking around at night is just fun to me. No, it's because you watch that dr- other drug commercial where the kid's walking and the guy just jumps out and he's like, hey, you want to <laughs> alter your life? <laughs> and you're like, dude, I've been waiting. Where the fuck have you been? Tell me I, this I, exactly I, how it happened. Saying that, with you saying that, this makes total sense now. <laughs> <laughs> right? I remember that one. I remember both of them. They had so, so I, many dumbass fucking drug commercials. I remember so many of them. And you're like, this is not even smart if you want to... You know, not the first um, first comic book I ever collected was a Just Say No comic book. Yeah, it did not even begin to make me not want to do drugs. I believe all the things that made me want to do drugs. I mean, I'd already had trauma or whatnot. Right. But we're inside of that. I was like, this honestly looks really cool. Yeah, it looks fun. It looks awesome. I mean, there's some bad parts. This guy, kid obviously made some dumb choices. He didn't really have wings. You can't fly. But <laughs> to to imagine that you had wings and you could fly, just stay in a fucking ranch house. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I ended up in a place that I shouldn't have been. And now this now with now saying this story after listening to what you just said, I was like, I'm a fucking moron. But it was, I had to do it anyway. But you were so in search I, of. Someone. Yeah, and I found it. I found it. How, how did the approach go? Uh, hey. This kid came up behind me and he was like, yo, I got horse. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I got horse. I was like, dude, I don't know what the fuck you mean. And he was like, I got heroin. And I was like, give me everything you have. And I didn't even think twice. Uh, and I, it spun me right back into the depths of my addiction, like hardcore so bad that i actually had wait right back and this was not the first time then you you had been doing heroin prior yeah yeah okay yeah, but you this, didn't know that point, they had called it horse I, I had uh 11 12 years clean at this point i had 12 okay. years of sobriety uh and then i had i moved my drug dealer in with me i had him come into conventions with me and then the lowest point with that oh my god I went to um well that's a pretty low fucking point. Yeah. It gets worse. It gets worse. So I went to Jackie and Lou's convention at the casino in New York. I had my drug dealer with me. I was gray. And I thought to myself, nobody's gonna realize. Instantly Jackie saw me and she was like, dude, what the fuck? And then TJ, you remember TJ from Studio 28? Ah uh, man, I do. I uh, not not uh Elijah. Yes, no, yes, you, you did, yes, no, TJ, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jason and Sailor used to work for him, little teach short kid. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. He guy. saw me and he was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I broke down and I told everybody what the fuck happened. And I made the decision that when I get home, I was going to kill myself. And I drove good, you're good. At least you're, you're thinking smart. Come clean, yeah. go kill yourself. Awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I get back home. I took all the sh- all the heroin that the deal that my dealer had on him, and I literally just started fucking getting the big hit going as much as I could. Yeah, and I was like, "That's it. I'm dead. I'm gonna die. This is it's it's gonna be over." I woke up a couple hours later, covered in puke and choking on my own puke, and realized at that moment I don't want to die. 
so your I adrenaline called, kicked in from that choking and you're yeah. like oh okay cool yeah. like this was a dumb idea and so, you're trying to get the you have no way to get this out of your system because it's in your blood so yeah, you're no, trying your body's trying to get it out however it can yeah you didn't you didn't piss or shit yourself though no i was just covered in puke just covered yeah, in puke. i'm i was scared of shitting myself man I, i've pissed myself once in a work truck and it was really tra traumatizing <laughs> <laughs> but that was just from weed and being way too high they turn the heat up smoke a joint i pass out really comfortable I, I, after you're a roofer sometimes you have a dream and i only say this because other riffers have it of pissing off the edge of the highest peak of the roof it, it i don't know why you have the dream but you do and when you have that dream and you're not pissing off the top of a roof you just piss yourself. That's my experience. So I pissed myself right in that work truck. <laughs> and now the idea though, after that was not to go home and kill myself was I changed job crews and clothes. <laughs> just never worked with those people again. Oh. Yeah, Goodbye. I, race. I tried to kill myself. So, but you had to have been able to take, was it your tolerance was that high already? I mean, the guy was living with you, so I guess so, but, like, cause you filled this thing up with all that you had. Yeah. Did you have more vials waiting to go? Like you're going to hit one and then try and do another. I, I still had plenty to go, but I didn't, I didn't, um, no, the plan was just to get as much as I could in it and just enough that would kill me and have it just be done. But it didn't work. Not enough. Good. No, definitely not enough. Well, that's the miracle, but that just proves with every other overdose that God doesn't exist. Or does he? I imagine he does. I oh, we said he. We fucked up. I imagine it does. Uh, I imagine that we are all part of that, though. How can we not be? Even those who hate me for even possibly having that exact thought are also just part of that same same thing. But well, not that it changes anything. No, but that's the beauty. You can question. It's okay. Do you um? After this, and you woke up, you're alive, you're going to be alive, you decide to change your actions through taking a year and doing more drugs. No, I, I went back to the same mantra that I always knew, which was NANAA. Okay. So I, I, didn't, I didn't stop using then, but I called TJ that day, and I was like, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking die. This is what happened. Like get me to New York because he offered me a job and he was like, well, buy a plane ticket. And I was like, dude, I don't have any money. I spent everything I had. I'm fucking three months behind on rent. My, my cable is shut off. Like I have nothing. He bought me a plane ticket, flew me out and had me kick dope sitting on his couch for a month. I feel and like I might've known you during this time then. You did. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we just briefly, we didn't, I, I should, I should express though. We've been friends. It's always been relatively topical, right? A couple yes. of dinners, you know, a passing a weekend, uh, two times a year, maybe. Yep. And so, yes, I knew when you were working for TJ, who, who sailor and Jason were also working there around the same time. Correct. Yeah. You had actually told me, okay, I'll, now everything's starting to fit together in all like these weird puzzle pieces. <laughs> <laughs> why you weren't working with jackie and lewitt and and all okay well you fucking heroin addict 
Yeah, I know, right? I, I'm fucking stoked for you. These so 12 steps though works mostly. Uh, and then what? So so the premise behind it works, yes. For me, my beliefs, and I I started to fall into this train of thought before I did Bufo or Ayahuasca, that NA and A become an addiction on itself. And now, not that an addiction, not that not all addictions are bad, but NA and A gave me my life back. It shouldn't be my life. And people start using that as a crutch. And you got very, very, very mentally sick people, not mentally ill, mentally sick people that go to these rooms and they prey on people because they, you know, you're going to these things. It's all about appearance. How deep are you actually getting? You know what I mean? It, only you can it be the judge. It becomes a religion of, of itself, right. a structured, organized religion. And it uses many of the tenants already from religion. Correct. So I, 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 I used the what I knew from NA and AA to get myself clean this time. And it worked. You know what I mean? Like I, I spent a month in a lot of pain sitting on his couch, but I I wasn't hanging around people that were offering me drugs. And I well, wasn't after that we started to see you and you hit were hitting the gym. Nonstop. Am I wrong? Yeah. Dude, nonstop. you got you got super swole. 240 pounds. How, how tall are you? Six one, six three, six six three and a half, almost six okay. four. Tall kid, two forty. Yeah. I was a beast. and lean. You were looking lean. It wasn't yeah. like this is all walking around fat weight. You could have cut down one eighty five. Try to fight with X Pereira. Yeah, yeah. Israel Adesanya. Um, <laughs> dude, uh, that was cool to see you during those. Actually, that's when I kind of knew you the most, or we seen each other the most was during your healthier times. I'm glad that I missed uh, user chasing. Well, you and I actually went to the gym a couple times. Did we? Yeah, when you were doing the guest spot at um, at Studio Twenty Eight. I vaguely recall now, actually, yeah, because uh, they had a bunch of um, squat machines that were like 15-pound assists. There's yeah, nothing yeah, that you could get a real fucking, yeah, planet fatness <laughs> with a lunk alarm. I went into work at one of They these. fucking have pizza, pizza Tuesdays and, and uh, bagel every morning. Genius. Genius. Uh, you can eat a donut. Just put it all back on. Why are, we, why are we trying to help these people get out of needing us? <laughs> It, I follow it. There's like a genius plan there. Like pay them enough to never have to come in or make it low enough that they never have to come in. How many people in the world say, I feel like a CEO is like, how many people in the world say so, I need to go in? I've been paying for that membership for years, 60 bucks a month. And I don't use it. Then they go in and they use it. They hurt themselves from being in too late. They try to really get in. Then they stop using it. They still paid the 60 bucks a month for almost two to three years. How about if we just charge $10? They never need to come in. I've been paying my membership since then. Are you not going? I haven't. I, I actually started working out again. Um, Are you going to that gym? To a No, I bought a huge fucking, like my entire garage is nothing but a, a fucking like massive home gym. Yeah. I, I never use it, but I'm too lazy to cut it off. And it's only 10 bucks a month. Who cares? Oh, my God. See, this is, I, I wish I was greedier or something. Maybe I don't, I don't wish I was like, I would be that CEO. I know 
like I'm missing in a lot of think tanks, right? Or there's a guy that's like me and he's not driven by as much virtue and he is at the think tanks and he's like, no, check it out. <laughs> 10 bucks, man. <laughs> Everybody will give you 10 bucks. I, I, I got 10 bucks for my Netflix. You know how often I use Netflix? Never fucking use Netflix. <laughs> give me 10 bucks forever. I don't care. It becomes at one point, it's like if they were to pay that off, there is a pain or, or to shut down that subscription. There is a pain for somebody who is overweight as though now they are really, they are really committed to just being fat. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> a cost they will happily pay to never use and then just get subjected by the worst influences for them when they go to the gym. So they don't want to show back up while I go in there, I ate three donuts, the people there know me. And so they let me have two extra slices of pizza. Uh, and then I go and I tan because that makes my heart rate rise up and I feel like the sun's nice. And I get on the treadmill. I sit up there for a while, watch a couple of TV shows, walk. They got treadmill set up like a fuck. I'm, I'm going off. Well, I guess they made me <laughs> mad one time. I, I went in there and grunted and they fucking let the lunk alarm off a million times over because I didn't know you couldn't grunt. You couldn't exhale breath. Yeah. And then I, I went, I was like, why is that alarm going off? It's fucking annoying. She's like, it's a friendly reminder. <laughs> When somebody's the being alone. Love, the thing mm -hmm. that I love about Planet Fitness love is it. mm -hmm. it's 24 hours a day. Now, I have horrible body dysmorphia. So even at 240 pounds, and when I look in the mirror, I'm still horribly you feel skinny. small. Yeah. yeah. I would go in at midnight when nobody was there. You'd, be, you'd have a handful of people that would go in at that point. But I wouldn't have to wait for machines. Nobody would talk to me. Nobody would bother me. I'd have my hoodie on. I'd be busting my ass. And then I'd leave. Right. And it's only 10 bucks a month. And they wouldn't do the lunk alarm on you. No, I don't grunt. <laughs> Body just I, I don't want people looking at me. Okay. That makes sense. Do you know that I've, I've heard this, that actually a lot of bodybuilders, especially people who seek atrophy of their musculature um, for, for their physical appearance, often have very strained relations with their uh, fathers. There you go. Like 60 to 80% like times. What? Oh, so let's, let's just fucking, let's, let's dig in. I was <laughs> raised by a man that was, I was not told, your father <laughs> that I was told was my stepfather because my mother and quote unquote biological father got divorced when I was very young. Okay. He ended up adopting me. And I always, I never looked like anybody in my family. I look like my stepsisters. I look like, I don't look like anybody from my mother's side or from my quote unquote biological father's side. So I always suspected something. My addiction took it to the point where I didn't talk to anybody in my family for 20 years because I did some really fucked up shit and I just ran. Mm -hmm. I ended up reconnecting with my older sister who was my stepsister. That's what I was told. And I had said to her my suspicion and she was like, he's not your dad. This is your dad. And she started like the, my stepfather was my dad and she started pulling out all these photos of like family, long story short, DNA tests, 1000%. My stepfather was my father. I confronted my mother about it and she no, started. Wait, wait a second. Let, help me understand. Cause I think I am lost a little bit. Oh, your sorry. stepfather that you grew up with the same one that molested you. He was no, your biological. So my, okay. No, the person that I was told was my biological father was not. He's the one that molested me. And your mother left that relationship. 
she yep. got with her stepfather with your stepfather who is your actual father correct but didn't tell me because she was getting child support and if it came out then she would have <laughs> to pay the child support back and didn't want to make you a liar so great <laughs> but when i she let you be a liar yeah <laughs> When I confronted her about it, she totally fucking denied it. And she was laughing at me. That was literally the last time I spoke to my mother. Uh, <laughs> belittling your plight or like, like yeah. laughing? How do you laugh at? It's a serious accusation that you've lied to me about my fucking lineage. My entire life. <laughs> and as a 40-year-old man, I'm like, hey. This is what I found out. And she was like, no, that's not true. Like, yeah, it's true. I have. What, what about molestation? Was it made? Did anybody else know that this was going on? Uh, years later, I had told my mother about it. And she, After said she had she, already left this man. Yeah. Yeah. She said that she had suspected, but. You know, nothing was done. So we, I don't, I don't know what you, I, there are times when, when you suspect someone, what is it, what you do, I guess. I feel like the best thing would, would to try and be like, I'm watching, right? Or I'm curious to let it know that things aren't being slid under uh, people's suspicions. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how I would handle a situation like that. This is someone that you, uh, are told is your biological father. Correct. So you imagine that he loves you. Attention from him somewhat, I'm guessing, is wanted. Not that attention. I don't Not I that. don't mean to say. <laughs> say that. Not that attention. <laughs> but 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 right. So like it's it's a fucked up it's a fucked up thing to to happen, to go on to to foster, right? And, and it seems like it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of other people being oblivious or, or choosing to be oblivious almost. I'm not saying that your mom chose to be oblivious, but if she had suspicions, I, my first thought would be like, well, do some shit. But actually there's in a lot of situations, I have to remember that there's power dynamics and things that control that like, you can't just do shit. Like yeah. tomorrow goes on. I, I don't I don't blame my mother for that. You know, uh, there was there was a long period of time where it was like you put me in that situation because of your greed. You know what I mean? But now. Now I'm you know, I'm not mad now, like there are things I wish didn't happen in my life, but at the same time, I don't regret anything that has happened because it's literally made me the man that I am and brought me to where mm -hmm. I am. And I feel like if those things didn't happen. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be who I am now. I'd be some miserable fuck doing a, a you know, nine to five job. Probably. Yeah. I, I think, I think I, I find that over and over <laughs> and I, I remark about it as far as artists that there is a trauma and I, I like that it seems shared to some extent is that I don't like, but I do like, right. So like, I feel that, in many places in my life, I felt like I was dealt an unfair hand, that cards were stacked against me, that this was insurmountable and that I couldn't go on and that nobody could bear under this pressure. And then to know the truth and see that suffering is shared. And yeah. in many cases, I'm spared a lot well, of suffering. I think that's why some of us are 
our family. You know what I mean? Like we don't have to see each other all the time. We just know, like we see each mm -hmm. other, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a bond. I truly say, I love you to uh, my friends more often than I do my mother, which is probably a sad thing, but I don't, <laughs> but what it is, it is it's what it is. You know, but now yeah. like all of this, all this shit that's happened in my life, the traumas that have made me be creative and forced me to, to push myself and express myself on canvas now on walls has given me a life that's fucking unreal. So it's, you know, it's not all horrible. Yeah. You're, you're, you're painting most lone ceilings. <laughs> it's not it, that it, 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 you're doing this now in Dubai. And I understand that. I mean, when we talked about your contract and all, Go ahead. Go it ahead. was a life changing, <laughs> not ahead. just life changing as far as direction. I'm, well, I'm not going to talk about the amount of money. It was, it was, I was so happy for and impressed by um, what the perspective of this career trajectory would mean for your overall financial security. Right? Yes. And I, that was before I knew that you were painting post Malone ceilings. <laughs> is that is that continue now or are you kind of was that kind of a circle that went on and maybe it's it's drying no, up and i still have i still have like um i got to do a painting for nas and a painting for dj khaled but that those my priority is is the restaurants now because that's right. it's can, it's a far broader can you audience. say what nas and dj khaled are looking to have done i don't that... i'm not sure what it is yet okay we're still we're still <laughs> in the talking phase oh so they might end up getting kevin hart if they fuck up yeah a thousand percent they're gonna be treated like like <laughs> kevin hart at the emmys they ain't careful <laughs> especially now dude but like so like right now literally as you and i are talking right now i have five billboards in times square on 42nd street 42nd and Broadway, 40, 42nd and 7th, 41st and Broadway, 41st and 2nd, or 42nd. There are five billboards, 75 to 105 feet tall, with my artwork all the way around this building. And How my does it get up there? Did you paint it, or did it, you paint it and they project, or not project it, but they then print it and put it up? So all the a bunch of the paintings that I did in the restaurant in Times Square, they I digitized them and put them on the billboard or I, I okay. designed the billboards for them. So there's, and my signature is 10 feet long, right in the heart of times square. You it's like ego driven. You better go have some fucking toad, toad venom. <laughs> <laughs> like unreal, dude. What like, do you, what do you, what think that's was closing down? I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with the rest of my life? And then this, this whole, like I got my manager hooked me up with a hotel. I painted a mural at a hotel. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be up for two months. And I was like, I didn't even want to do it. I thought, fuck it. Fine. I did it just to make them happy. What was this mural of? It was a, a woman of color with this like kind of very bubblegum pink drip coming down her face. Um, and it got a lot of recognition. It did, it did well. But it was supposed to be covered within two months, but the artist that was supposed to do it after me got lazy and waited a week. Thank God he did. And here's another miracle. 
he waited the day before he whitewashed it. The finance guy for the pink taco saw it, hit me up on Instagram. And within two days I was in talks with their lawyers and the, the whole like marketing team. And that's so I now- imagine that guy, even to see it at that moment, it came to him at the proper moment. He's looking for artwork, something unique that he wants to put on these things already. Yeah. And then he sees that perfect timing. Yeah. All right. So maybe there's a God miracle luck. <laughs> there's a lot of luck involved for sure, but it just, that's now snowballed into at least the next four years of my life being very busy. And what, after that, you have a whole portfolio of doing the same thing. Or, you know, well, I mean, so, a pretty, pretty concise, like I can do this, I can meet budgets, I can meet timelines and you'll, you'll, you'll be already through it. Yeah. Well, with this, this company that owns Pink Taco. So the guy that owns Pink Taco, uh, not a strip joint, an actual place that I eat. Yeah. Oh, the, okay. the food right is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Pink Taco. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, am I wrong? That is the ver- that is slang for. If I looked at it in an urban dictionary, we all know what it is. Okay, right on. It's, it's making sure it's on the table. There is he. Well, he was aware as well. Oh yeah, but the the, the brand was made in the '90s, so it was a lot more acceptable. They're they're trying to make it more uh, woman empowering than just uh, okay just Chinese. Right, and, and that comes with the menu, then, right? Yeah, the menu and the 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 art that I choose to put in there. Instead, of, so it's like everything Verde would be vagina instead, right? <laughs> and like V, I'm, I'm stretching. I'm sorry. Just like the we pink taco should. It should yeah. stretch. Yes. It should totally stretch. <laughs> oh, I, I, I know I'm batting about zero here. At any rate, <laughs> that that happened. You You seem to have found a love of this, though. So would you do the same thing or would you move on to something else? You can take up acting. No, no, dude, I'm my, my dream. So as a tattoo artist, and I'm sure you can relate as I'm sure many others do. Most of us don't have retirement plans and you can't tattoo forever. And I don't want to be that old guy at a tattoo convention doing things for 200 bucks just to try to scrape by. To me, that's not a proud thing. Sad thing. No, but I do want to get paid 200 bucks to do my name on people. Yeah, I mean, that's cool, but I, I just, I don't look at that like, like that's, I mean, he's a different situation. Like he's fucking, he's Lyle Tuttle. He's I'm Lyle Tuttle. Just, I'm he's the one that you know who the fuck he is by me just saying that without saying yeah. his name. I'm just Jason Ackerman. Nobody, the, the, nobody wants me to tattoo them. Plus, I'm get your name on my forehead. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Plus, the years of abuse that I've done on my body, I have nerve damage in my hands, so I'm starting to shake the older I get, and it's uncontrollable. Oh, people fuck. get very nervous under a needle with an artist that's shaking, even though I can still pull a straight line. It just doesn't look good. <laughs> it's got a bad appeal to it. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean old Shaky J? Yeah, get Shaky J out here right away. Shaky J. I don't, I don't know want if I that. trust. You. Yeah, I, I think I like steady Jay. Is there a steady <laughs> stew here? I'm sorry, it's just a nickname. And then oh. having the, having the wife that I have, who is her own brand in the tattoo community, and and is very supportive of my art, uh, you know, pursuing my art career. I don't want to do anything that can harm her brand. 
So okay. I don't want to be doing fucked up tattoos just to make money to get by. And I'm attached to her and it fucks her. I, you know what I mean? I don't want to do that. So my retirement plan has always been art. And it literally fell in my lap right at the perfect time because so we got the announcement Soho Inc. was closing. And I literally, her and I had a conversation and I was like, I got to go back to tattooing full time. And she was like, you don't just start painting and I'll do what I have to do. If I have to cover the weight, I'll cover the weight, but push your art career. You love it. You're passionate about it. You're happy when you do it. So do it. And I was like, all right, cool. And then this whole painting thing literally just rolled out right in front of me so so 100 percent, you just fucked up any divorce that you might ever have i don't know but if you recognize she <laughs> she gets half everything now that <laughs> you might not want me to archive this one <laughs> Wait, no this is a good thing fam people people should family should stay together she yeah dude like uh she paved the way for this then yeah a thousand percent because if, if it wasn't for the talk that i had with her i would have mm -hmm. I mean, I still would have painted that mural, but I would right now be focusing, trying to build my tattoo career back up. All right. And barely even return that guy's phone call. Oh, some guy from Pink Taco, whatever. <laughs> right. I got to fucking design two more tattoos. And I don't even love it. that. It sounds like it kind of beat the love of it out of you. It did. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, and, and I'm going to get probably catch a lot of flack for this one, but Soho Inc. cured me of the, uh, the tattoo world like <laughs> i see where the tattoo industry is heading and i'm not a fan uh oh well let's talk okay where, where's it going <laughs> it's becoming corporate so like you sent me a zoom thing right and you were like download the app and in my head as soon as you sent it i was like i've had more fucking zoom meetings in the past three years than i should <laughs> as a fucking artist it's disgusting and like kudos to Lou kudos to Lou for doing what he's, what he's done and like where he is in life. And this is not a knock on him or his brand by any means. But the problem is when you get that corporate and you buy that many businesses, tattoo artists can no longer run it. You need business people to run it yeah. and they don't get our industry. They don't get it at all. Even though they're uh, running. I don't, aren't they going to successfully argue that because we're in it, a lot of times there's parts that we don't don't see not that we don't get it but we don't see it i agree no i agree one thousand percent i'm not saying my train of thought here is completely right <laughs> but, but you are calling then for some tattoo guardians of sorts i guess <laughs> <laughs> so you know, hats off to another podcast i don't know if you're familiar with their podcast <laughs> but i think that is exactly their almost reasonage for uh for the, the podcast name tattoo guardians that yeah. um that Matt Clemmer and, uh, oh my gosh, Josh, how can I forget his last name? 2009 Portrait Artist of the Year tattooed my fucking shoulder, and I'm having a huge brain fart right now. Josh Carlton. <laughs> oh, <I love laughs> thanks, that. babe. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, like, it, you get in one of those moments where you're having the brain fart, and like, oh, yeah. the more you just focus on it, you're just like, yeah, you ain't, this one's not coming. The more this you is think why, about the less it's there. Yeah. At any rate, they, they, they run with a, a friend of ours, Hip, as well. Um, and I think they kind of formed it, in not, not that they are the tattoo guardians, but to instead try and have a place where people can go on and, and feel as though, you know, 
there's a guardianship, a stewardship in the hands of actual artists directing yeah. well, our industry. Again, let me let me make it clear. I don't fault Lou. If I if the roles were reversed and I was in his situation, I would have done mm-hmm. the same thing 1000% because he's I've, taking care of his family. Well, I think there's also a part where you're like the tide is rising. Yeah, things are changing. Things are changing. This is a necessity. Like and there is. There is a necessity to have legislative power for ink okay. manufacturers now. No, there's oh, a necessity okay. for you to have the ear of a congressman. And you can't do that without a combined kind of collective. I think um some people are trying to fault other big name industry leaders for for kind of giving over the parts of their business to these conglomerates. I think I see it uh, as an understanding of that, that like you really do, if you're going to be pushing ink into people's skin, then there's going to be a lot of oversight into that. You're going to want to be involved. And that takes some skin that you got to put in the game. And it- A thousand percent. And I, I don't disagree with any of that. I think that, that, that again, what Lou has done and what he's doing, I think is is fantastic for the industry. But now being an artist that was thrust into the position of now I'm an artist that knows nothing about the corporate world that has to be corporate. I, mm. I just grew to hate it. That end of it. I don't want to be corporate. Damn it. No, I, I don't know. I, um, I, I think that we're going to have tattoo printers and, and we're going to be applying them. by carefully lining up stencils and, uh, I, I think the whole application of tattooing is going to change and, and the process of it will change dramatically too. chat GPT can put together all that stupid fucking shit that you just said to me. And I said, fuck you. That's about 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Chat GPT <laughs> can do an awesome fucking rendition of that and then give you 4,000 versions of it in a fucking second that you can oh. choose from. And that's the one I want. Like, I like know. I, our job is some part, except for those of us that will see that, that, that will, there will be a premium that will have to be paid for person-to-person interactions. And, and those of us that see that the actual thing that we're getting out of this is that person-to-person interaction, that, that possibility of mistake. But I don't know. I mean, there's going to come a time at first we're going to be doing line work and we're going to be filling in with patches, I believe, large spots why wouldn't i cover a gravy area that's the red that i use it's in this kind of a patch i put it over that area now that area is red i do my line work around that area it looks crisp and clean i add a little bit of a gray shade through it now it's got dimension a little bit of highlight on the other end now it's fucking glistening done seconds i i I don't disagree that's where it's gonna end up but like so the, back to the art world same thing same thing you got all these people doing ai art they're not artists it's just my opinion they're not they, like you can type prompts into stuff it doesn't make you an artist right right but it's it's just it's evolving to that and that's okay well it has to be why, because why, you've done wait, enough me, toad venom but honestly yeah. we'd like to wait, shake our fist at the sky wouldn't we go on sorry that's okay but so where I'm saying they're not artists is just like you said, there's going to be people that want physical art, want hand painted art, and then you get the premium. in. So mm-hmm. yeah, 
I, I agree with what you just said. Because I could probably find somebody who would make a vinyl sticker, right, that I could just put on my wall, right? The, the, the Post Malone could come up and just be like, he could change it every month even if he wanted to. And it would be your artwork. It'd just be like this vinyl sticker that would just be applied and look like it was painted on his wall. Mm -hmm. But he, he doesn't do that. He, he has a person come in and that person breathes life into this thing. Then, Exactly. What, what's the, what's the difference between the two? What are the nuances that uh, can be, I don't know, made bigger, you know what I mean? That can be used as, as like, this is why this is better. Uh, so being a painter, I'm, I'm a firm believer that every piece of art that I create has a bit of me in it. Like there is life to it. Digital art there, there's real, I mean, it's exactly well, just wash your hands more. Obviously you're putting it in there. <laughs> and, and if you, like, you want to get really twisted, every bit of art has my DNA in it because I always use spit. Boom. You're not doing oil then. No, I do acrylic. There's too much yeah. science oil drives me crazy. It's so it's uh, yeah. I, I imagine I, I, I have an easier time with oil than acrylic myself. You do. But yeah. I don't, not that I, um, I can't sit down and do a portrait though. I mean, oil it changes too much, you know, like yeah. my vision ain't what comes out in oil. And I see other artists that are able to do it with bold brushstrokes and stuff. That's cool for them. I don't, but I don't really mess around with art. You know what I mean? Besides, getting tattoos together and stuff and then putting it in the skin anymore. So it's been know, two, three years since I've done an oil. I, I like them, but just, I, th I think I just liked the meditation that you could get out of blending an area, you know, <laughs> and then you, you said it, dude, that's the you, only time that my brain stops is when I'm sitting down behind a canvas or I have a huge wall with my headphones on. I'm not thinking about anything other than I'm present. I'm truly present at that moment. And that's the only time. It feels the best. Yep. Do you, and do you get it then out of um, painting the, the walls as well? It's got to just be like a bigger canvas. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I, with that. I kind of like that more than a canvas at the moment. Cause I, I go into the place, nobody's there. I put on my headphones, I'm on a lift and the, the place is mine. And I just have a 20 foot by 17 foot canvas to do my thing on. What do we do? What, uh, so you got your headphones on, you singing along? Of course. <laughs> so you have put on a concert inside of post Malone's house. I don't know who's listening, but. Yeah, yeah, I've done some <laughs> stupid things. Well, that goes over and over. I think this is uh, that should be explored. Maybe the next metamorphosis of your art career after this next contract is filled is rock star. <laughs> you are in the living rooms of all these fucking famous people, right? Nas, Nas, you fucking doing something for Nas, DJ Khaled. Yeah. While you're in DJ Khaled's house, if you don't say another one. I'm so let down. <laughs> if you don't just go around when you're showing them the place, right? Isn't that what you're going to be like? And then you turn a corner and you'd be like, another one. <laughs> That's his catchphrase? I think it is, ain't it? I'm probably <laughs> fucking it up. I don't know. I listen to old, old music. Dude, um, so anybody that I do paintings for, 
like anybody in the hip hop world, most of them, I have no idea who they are or what they, what their music is. So when I do a painting for them, I listen to their music while I'm painting. Oh, I so that way I can be like, all right, this is who you are. Yeah. DJ Khaled. I'm pretty sure he, he, cause it's like, he does, he just makes hits. Right. So he's just yeah. like another one, another one. <laughs> it's going to be you inside of his place. Not Mariah Carey though. That girl ain't got enough booty to carry you. Jesus. Actually, you did her piece, though. You did her piece, but you learned that you didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Who is uh, who is the person that surprised you the most that you met that you were like, this person's awesome? I wouldn't have thought. Nikki Jams. I did a painting of him as Batman, and, like, we exchanged phone numbers, like, text messages between each of us. Like, really, really, really cool guy. Like, you could, you could text him right now. Yeah, cool guy. You could text him right now and be like, how come you haven't been on Kyle's podcast yet? That's really lame of you. <laughs> That's 100% something you could do for me, your friend, from a long time. <laughs> right on. Oh, I see. I ain't trying to put it on that. I see it. You guys ain't friends. <laughs> yeah, I don't friends. think we're like that. He's just a cool guy. Well, at the point that I start groveling for my next guest, for with my current guest, it's probably the point that I get to say I've, I've stayed too long and I've said too much. <laughs> Jason, can we lead everybody to your Instagram? Of course, we're going to have it in the link and all. Um, but why don't you give us your Instagram and, and anything that you would uh, want to, any platform that you want to promote for yourself or anybody else? Please do. Uh, well, my Instagram is Jason Ackerman Art. Uh, and A-K-A-C-K-E-R. E-R-M-A-N, art, A-R-T. Uh, if you get a chance, go to Pink Taco, eat some Pink Tacos. They're fucking amazing. And they, they have your artwork. They have my artwork. How many of them have your artwork at this point? Currently one. Uh, like I said, I, I go to LA <laughs> next week. I'm sorry. We'll have to. Here, do me a favor. Lie about that. Say 10. I'll just hold the episode back for a couple of <laughs> <minutes>. <laughs> Ten. One. <laughs> we'll look forward to more coming soon. Yeah. The cool ones. Uh, and I'm going to say, though, of the one that has it, it is by far the coolest pink taco I've ever seen. There you go. Um, yeah. my, my wife would be remiss, too. She gets on me. I don't care for it sometimes, but I got to stop. You know, open yourself up, right? That's what they say. Like, if this is a platform for my world and the people I know in it, then don't be scared of being a little transparent yourself. That's what they say. There so go. there's a segment that we also like to end with called ask Kyle something. And uh, so if you want any, you know, spiritual help, oh, I right. fired her up. I got a question for you. Mm -hmm. How how personal and deep am I allowed to get? Go, go on. This is, is, and dude, we were talking about your, your molestation in your past. By We can talk about whatever you go on. All right. So when we, when you were doing a guest spot at, uh, studio 28 you had to leave because you had to go pick up your i believe it was your brother's yeah child ne yeah my nephew yep how's that going so fucking awesome like so fucking so we we fostered him for a while there and my, my brother cleaned his act up got on his feet um is helping people get off now he facilitates um programs so he's some kind of facilitator of sorts and highly sought after because of his, his very involved with making of meth and every aspect of meth and his knowledge of just dirt 
like meth, it fucking takes it from you, man. Like, yeah. I mean, not the heroin don't, you know, they're very similar in their addicted, like their strong addiction, but it brings you just to the worst, the, both those drugs, they bring you to the actual worst fucking places. And his knowledge of that then becomes a knowledge of where people are at and ability to read where they're at because of his current position. You know, he's got like a house. He's got a like bills. He's, he's, he's got a uh, custody of his son. Again, his wife is out of jail. Um, they're, they're doing their best to be a strong, awesome family that doesn't do and instead uh, facilitates other people's um, what is it? There, there's lots of programs out there for you to get off different drugs. But a lot of times, if you're on the drug, you don't have access to those programs. You don't know where they exist. Right. You don't even know where to start. Right. His job is to get with somebody who's like, okay, today's my final day. And he's like, cool. Well, you're probably going to need a place to sleep. Like, yeah, that, yeah, fuck yeah. And he's like, and you're probably going to need some food. Yes. That's the second thing I would think of. <laughs> And he's like, cool. So now we're also going to need to start getting you enrolled in programs. And we're also going to have to start training you for job positions, possibilities. You know, we really need to holistically turn your whole life around. And in a lot of these cases, it doesn't always, you know, how, what relapse is like. But in every one of these cases, there's somebody that has been to the very bottom, you know, that is working with them. And that is now standing in a position where you can say it works. You really just have to trust. Uh, he wasn't really one for the, um, for the God part of the 12 steps. Sure. He understood that, you know, he became powerless to it too. And he is, he, he's different. My brother's, you know, he's a Dunbar and he, he sees things <laughs> in a very unique and beautiful way that these fucking suits that get trained up inside of colleges and shit have no uh, understand your ability sometimes like uh, I can't really talk on it can I um, he has helped people avoid very dangerous women especially avoid very dangerous situations um, there there is trafficking of sorts right and we imagine it like a group of people that are like uh, Andrew Tate and his brother or something right they're like we are purposely going to try and make money this way or something right or I guess that court case ain't solved. So I shouldn't name them, but we imagine these terrible, terrible groups of people, but sometimes trafficking is a person who creates an Avenue that leads through them. You know what I mean? Sure. That like, uh, and, and they just like, they see a power, power struggle around addiction. And sometimes they will then be like, well, there's this addiction and I'll give you this or that. They, they control that situation. My brother yeah, has this, he, he has saved people's lives from being human trafficked. That's what I know as a result. So like the one little takeaway besides being an awesome dad, because uh, Kevlar is um, a resilient child, just like his name would imply. And he doesn't know his own limitations. And it's such a beautiful thing to see. <laughs> and my brother is happy to uh, allow him to put the finger in the light socket and learn a couple of things. I don't know if that's maybe, maybe all this isn't coming out right. Uh, no, that's a good thing. You have to do that. I think, yes, you and I know like this, this kid is so um, blessed to have my brother as a father and I'm so blessed to have him as a brother now. And so all, all of that, like 
it couldn't have ended any better. I don't know if it's ended, right? But uh, I'm I'm super stoked. I haven't seen the child actually in months, so that sucks. So the, I I remember when that happened, and you were really distraught about the whole thing. It was rough, man. Yeah. I had to come back and deal with a brother who I I was the enemy. You know that when you're when you're coming in and and offering to foster, but not it's not like I'm like this is what should happen. You know, I'm, I just want the best. And I gave, I'd written my brother off. He was going to die. The next time I seen him was going to be in a, in a casket. I'd already seen the future with him. Yeah. He walked into a fucking dinner that we had, uh, just messed out of his head, pants falling off of him, thin as shit. I mean, he's like 260 right now, maybe 300. Almost. Um, and, and he was, he was in terrible shape, you know, and, and he had like a notary, he had a notary stamp with him that he was so proud of having. And a makeshift gun on him all at the same time. Like this gun looked like it was going to shoot anything. Like, it was like I hope it's not loaded because that thing's going off. There's, you know, the trigger is like a paper clip. They're like, ah, it works. And he had uh, a notary stamp that is just like, what the fuck does a meth head have a notary stamp for? And he's like, well, for meth, <laughs> you know, fucking everybody needs something notarized. I can do it for meth. Uh <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing good coming out of this i'm like he's dying right i'm like and me for me to do good i can't i can't keep swimming uh and letting someone pull me down right, right sometimes you gotta let go and let them hope they learn so i was walking off and then when he had a child i was like fuck you are in no position then he was delusional enough to think he was in a position to have um uh you know to aid the child and he was just so not and it took a little bit of time for all those things to work out. It didn't, thankfully he eventually saw that and he was just like, what do I do? And also I had just caught a pilot. Listen how stupid this is. Okay. If you want to talk about God and, and weird circumstance or whatever, I cut a pilot TV show, right? Have you seen it? No. Yeah. You know why? Cause it never got anywhere. It's a fucking pilot <laughs> and I did terrible, <laughs> but for some reason, the money behind it, you know, that was searching every, they were like, hey, man, they wanted me to be a part. They called me up, said, you you work with, all right, I'm with it. The place they picked to tattoo at for the TV show was a place called Ther Ink Therapy in Lansing, Michigan. The guy that ran it, um, it became an, he got, he kicked Oxy and ended up um, being like, I would like to help other people do this. Him and his mother started a house to help people to help facilitate, you know, getting off drugs. And uh, they got all kinds of grant money or whatever, good grant writers. I don't know what they did. They were a success. But from that time, a lot of people were coming in with artistic ability and even in some cases, tattoo machines, but no place to tattoo and no desire right. to go back to the tattoo shop where they were at because that was actually where they got their addiction, you know? So he eventually made a tattoo shop. I eventually tattooing, tattoo a, a guy at it. Um, we make a pod, uh, not podcast. We make a pilot and it goes nowhere, but I've got a number in my Rolodex of guy who told me to call him anytime. As a matter of fact, while I was filming it, I was telling him about, you know, well, my brother is going through this and he's like, dude, if you can get your brother here, I can take care of everything else. I was like money and stuff, dude, I'm really trying to find a way. Cause like, I ain't rich. I'm, I'm literally, I just was homeless living in an RV 
and then found out that I have to come here and now I have to, if I'm going to help the child out to be a father or not a father, a foster father, I need to live within 15 minutes of the hospital where he needs care because he was medically fragile. Um, right. And I, I need to have a good transportation to and fro. And I also need a job, all things that I didn't have. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so like everything was starting out and buried. And this dude that I end up tattooing it, I got, I got, I was like, Nathan, just talk to this guy. And he did everything else. Like I did, I was like, are you ready to talk to him? We were at this hospital and stuff. That guy drove all the way up from Lansing to Ann Arbor, which is two to four hours. Might have been as many as four hours away. Picked my brother up, drove him back out there, and then started the process of my brother becoming sober. It, it, it so much. That, that's a great question. I don't even know if we'll keep any of it in because it's kind of personal. That's I say awful. I want to be a window, and I'm like, well, you know, when we get to family... <laughs> I but I got to tell you, window for that. Mm -hmm. that day changed my entire perspective. Not that uh -huh. I ever thought anything bad of you. I always thought you were an awesome guy. But when you dropped everything to go back and take care of, of, of that kid and like you were just like, no, I'm leaving. I'm gone. I was like, holy shit. What a good fucking guy. What an I, awesome fucking dude. I think I'll take that as a compliment. I like it. It is completely. Um. Perfect question. I think I've gone far too long with it. So let me, uh, let me uh, digress again. Thanks for asking, man. I do appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, and I look forward to seeing you out again. I'm going to be following behind on your murals and uh, I hope the rest of our audience is too. So um, let me know about that huge bump that you see the straight to the point, completely off topic bump. When you feel it rubbing up against you, you let me know. Like I, right, I felt on. it. I, I got <laughs> got one like on my fucking Instagram, Kyle. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I'll talk to you later, brother. Thanks for All being right, a part thank of this. You. Thanks for having me on this. This was fun. Thanks. Talk to you All soon. Right, bro. Bye.